Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Legacy of 1804. I am your host, Alice Backer. Today's date is October 7th, 2017. I am joined by Daniela Bienemi of the Bienemi Post. Daniela, are you here with us? Yes, Alice, I am here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, and I hope you can hear me too. Um, yes. uh, so, our guest today is uh, Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Laurent Lamotte of Haiti. And we're going to be talking about Bitcoin and Haiti, and I'm um, very happy to have all of you join us uh, so numerous, so early on a Saturday, which is, of course, not our usual time. So thank you so much. We're very excited, and I believe we already have him on the line. So just to make sure that he's here and to, to check his sound, uh, Laurent Lamotte, are you here with us? Yes, I am. All right. Okay. Awesome. So we never awesome. checked to see what language you wanted to do this in. I'm assuming you're okay doing this in English? Yeah, we can do it yes. in English and in Creole, uh, whatever. Creole. Okay, yes, definitely. We, we, we can go back and forth. Not, not a problem. And uh, you're going to tell us how you want us to call you uh, during the show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me, uh, you can call me uh, Lauren. Okay. All right. So okay. we're going to call you Laura. That's great. Okay. All right. So um, let me just, um, just a few reminders before we start, uh, now that we know that we have everyone uh, with us. The theme song which opens each show is One Le Trara from the album Blues and Red, courtesy of Bouillon Bois and the Blues and Red Band. And here at Love 1804, we amplify Haitian voices live on air every Friday night. And that is just the audio version of what we have been doing online at Kiscacity.com since 2005. We're also on Tumblr, Instagram, and of course, Twitter, uh, where over 49,000 of you are following. And of course, we're grateful for that. And the handle is at Kiscacity. If you enjoy today's show and you find it constructive, please share it to your social networks. You can also embed the player after the show is over tonight. Uh, you can see what Haitian bloggers from the world over are saying. I've put that together for you at 
at Haitian Bloggers on Twitter or at the Facebook page, Haitian Bloggers. Um, you can listen to past shows on iTunes. And of course, this show will be available um, on the, uh, at the Kiskiacity blog and of course on all of the uh, podcasting databases as soon as the show is over this morning. Uh, some of you are listening online and others on the phone at 714-242-6119. Again, the number to call in and we please, we absolutely encourage you to uh, interact with our guests today. 714-242-6119, 714-242-6119. So, uh, Daniela, I'm going to let you, this is actually uh, your uh, your initiative, so I'm, I'm going to let you open. Um, and um, I have uh, I have uh, former Prime Minister Lauren Amot's um, bio with me, but if you want to just share it as part of your open, go ahead. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, I want to uh, formally introduce you, uh, Laura, to Alice Backer. And I don't know if you know, but Alice is actually a prominent blogger as well as um, uh, a media, uh, a well-known media in the New York area and the Haitian community. She's actually been uh, using her platform to amplify Haitian voice for over a decade. And I've been very fortunate to uh, to work with her in the last couple of, uh, I would say almost two years now. And I've actually been part of the show. Um, I've been interviewed on the show. I've also been a co-host of the show. I usually, but my platform is primarily technology and business development concerning Haiti and the Haitian diaspora. So I frequently come on uh, with guests to actually have um, a different dialogue about Haiti other than the usual aid and um, NGO. So this is really, really exciting. I am going to read your bio. Thank you so much for sending it to me. Um, I want us to have a, a, a great conversation about Bitcoin because I think some of the things that you've been doing and most people don't know this, but you are also spokesperson for Bitcoin. So I'm really interested to hear about uh, that perspective. So let me start with the bio and then we can sort of like move along. Uh, Laura Lamotte is one of the most dynamic entrepreneurs of his generation. He was just 21 when he founded Global Voice Group. Soon after, Michelle G. Martelly was elected president of Haiti in May 2011. He acted as a special advisor to the presidency. He held the positions of Minister of Foreign Affairs and Religious Affairs, as well as Minister of Planning and External Cooperation before he was called to the high position of prime minister. As head of the new government, Mr. Lamont spearheaded a pragmatic and consistent line of development programs, results-oriented and focus on improving the living conditions of the poorest and most vulnerable members of the population. Tangible results did not linger to manifest. The progress rate in infrastructure was unparalleled, including the construction of schools, bridges, roads, and public marketplaces throughout the country. Under Lamotte's leadership, foreign direct investment more than tripled. Extreme poverty was reduced from 38% to 24% after a GDP contraction of 5.3% following the 2010 earthquake period. Haiti experienced an average GDP growth rate of 3.8% from 2011 to 2014. 
However, one of his most valuable contributions was children's access to primary education, which increased from 55 to 90%. This remarkable achievement was due primarily to Mr. Lamont's introduction of innovative financing in Haiti through Michael Surcharge's Apply to Telecom Services. He was named Entrepreneur of the Year by Ernest and Young in 2008, then as Innovative Leader of the Year by the Latin Trade in 2014. This successful businessman also invigorated a new development paradigm shift as a Prime Minister of Haiti, calling for more international investment and collaboration as opposed to the traditional international and model that Haiti has been dependent upon. After Mr. Lamont's longest tenure as Haitian Prime Minister ended in December 2014, his contribution to social transformation, along with his genuine concern about the existing gap between development needs and available governmental resources, led Mr. Lamont to launch LSL World Initiative. And that's an organization committed to socioeconomic empowerment through innovative financing for development and partnership with governments of developing countries. So we are, I am really excited, and I know Alice is as well, uh, to have you to talk about uh, Bitcoin because th there seems to be an underlining theme in your bio, and that is financing and development. And we know that Bitcoin has a lot to do with finance. Uh, welcome, it's a pleasure to have you here. I do wanna, before we uh, begin, I do wanna read a quote to sort of like set the stage in terms of why I wanted to have you speak on Bitcoin because this is where the future is heading. And I will also, Alice, make sure to include the book as well as this information to the notes at the end of the show so the audience can access the book. But this is a book, the title is The Age of Cryptocurrency, How Bitcoin and Digital Money Are Challenging the Global Economic Order. And it's by Paul Vigner and Michael J. Casey. And I want to read this quote because I think it's very apropos to what we are going to discuss since we are trying to get Haiti to an emerging market by 2030. At least that's what's been publicly announced by several of Haiti's governments. Bitcoin is a groundbreaking digital technology with the potential to radically change the way we conduct banking and commerce, specifically e-commerce, and to bring billions of people from the emerging markets into a modern, integrated, digitized, globalized economy. If it works, and that's still a big if, but this book was written several years ago, and we know that things have been really on the uphill for Bitcoin if you have been following what's been going on, particularly in India and also in Afghanistan. Uh, if it works, and that is a big if, an awful lot of things that today seem like part of the natural state of the world are going to look as antiquated as the printing press. And I think this is really powerful because one of the things that 
I know a number of us are pushing for Haiti to actually uh, become um, is to be part of the emerging market, to have a solid place in the emerging market. And um, those of you who have been following my work know there are two things that I'm very passionate about when it comes to Haiti, particularly the business development piece is technology and also the agriculture business. Um, so, uh, Laura, please help us to understand a little bit how you got involved in Bitcoin and tell us what it is. Uh, we have a sophisticated audience, but for people who have probably have not really been paying attention, I think it might be helpful if you can kind of give us a bit of background of what Bitcoin is and why is it important? You know, why should Haitians care about Bitcoin? Take it away, please. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank Daniel and, and Alice for, for hosting me today. I know it hasn't been easy to set up the interview, but um, you know, it's, a, it's a pleasure. It's, a, it's always a pleasure to talk technology. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys um, and, and you know, hope, hoping that we'll make the most of it and, and certainly educate and, and share you know, the experience that I've had uh, since, I, since I left the post of prime minister and how technology can help not only Haiti, but emerging countries all around the world, um, how you know, cryptocurrencies can help um, you know, economies throughout the world, not only in the developing, but also in the developed world, because it's, it's not only the new thing, um, but it's, it's, a, it's a technology that will democratize, I would say, uh, the, the world as we know it today. Nothing will ever be the same. Transactions, uh, payment transactions will not will, will will never be the same, are not the same, and certainly um, it has the Bitcoin, the cryptocurrencies. Because because when we talk about bitcoins, you know we we're talking about one cryptocurrency out of hundreds. Right. So so I'm gonna talk about digital money. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about uh, about cryptocurrencies, and I'm gonna you know try to lay out the case of how they can really help. Uh, the world. So um, you ask about uh, the background, and you know, before getting into the background of the Bitcoin, I just want to say that um, you know, when I was Prime Minister of Haiti, I tried to instill and and show you know Haitians that with the use of technology, you can bring not only transparency, but you can bring um, a level of community involvement, a level of citizen participation through a concept that I called then government 2.0, which is using technology, which is using you know, live streaming to inform the diaspora of what their government is doing and to inform Haitians in Haiti, whether they be in the capital or in the most remote rural villages, you know, with the internet, um, I mean, with a, a broadband connection or with a 3G connection on their phone, they could follow everything that the government was doing and the projects that the government was working on and what, what basically, um, what type of projects would come to them via their 3G connection. So this, this was, you know, government at the service of the people and using online platforms sort of a, as sort of a supervisory role to have uh, oversight on government projects. So this was certainly, maybe it was ahead of its time, but uh, certainly um, Haiti is uh, at the forefront of the teledensity, you know, we have certainly one of the largest uh, uh, percentage of citizens using phones throughout the Caribbean yeah, um, than any other country. Yeah. 
So, so this is something, this will now lay the, the ground for cryptocurrencies. Um, as you know, uh, cryptocurrencies is, is, is certainly a way for the unbanked to have access to banking services via their phone. Uh, it has, it, it, it's a way for them to make payment and receive payment via their phones uh, and with very little hassle. So, so it, it, it is certainly, you know, so when I talk about, you know, cryptocurrencies as, as a whole, I like to take it, I'd like to take a development hat and put it in an anti-poverty fight uh, using this type of new democracy, digital, you know, democracy, if you want, by giving uh, the, I mean, the citizen the ability to use that phone um, to purchase goods, services anywhere around the world that accepts, uh, you know, cryptocurrency. And, and we see a, a great use of, uh, of, you know, large companies accepting, you know, Bitcoins, for example. Uh, so, so, so I'll be talking about, I'll be talking about that. And, and of course, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready to, to answer any questions uh, that you might have. Okay, so awesome. let me jump in here. Let me jump in here just to piggyback. I apologize, Daniela, but just no, just no, to no, piggyback no. right there because there's already a question about this um, that I got. And of course, guys, the question 714-242-6119 or you can use the LOF1804 uh, hashtag on, on Twitter, all right, to send me questions or just tweet me. Um, or whatever you usually use. But the, the, I got this question about, yes, we have high teledensity, high cell phone penetration in Haiti, but a lot of it is dumb phones. And for Bitcoin uh, transactions, you need smartphones. Does that, does that sound right? So how can, can the cryptocurrencies be used in the types of phones that Haitians actually have? Well, that's, a, that's an excellent question. Of course, you know, that you're talking about adoption. Okay, so the adoption means that the person must have access to a computer because they can also, uh, you know, log on to a computer. They can log into tablets. They can log into um, to their phones. Now, specific phones in Haiti, you have, and that's true in every emerging country. Um, the 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 price per user per per smartphone is still a little bit high. All, although we've seen it coming coming down. Now you can get a smartphone for as little as, you know, $30. So, so it is coming down. Um, before, before they, they used to be over $200. So making it accessible to, to, to a, you know, basically a, a wealthier segment of the population. Now it's more accessible to all. So we're talking about, we're talking about um, over a million people in Haiti that have access to smartphones. Of course, it's not everybody, you know, the adoption is not going to be overnight, okay? Because it is, it is a technology that, uh, that is not widely known or used, and there's a lot of taboos about it. So, um, so for, for Haiti's adoption, you know, one million people having smartphones is already a very good rate for people to, uh, to use it and to be able uh, to use this payment system. So, um, and it's going to take time and education. It's going to take also better, um, I mean, better, uh, I would say, uh, access to faster access to internet because a lot of areas in Haiti, you, you still have edge access. So, so, it's, so, so it's, a, 
I would say that it's a, it's a host of things that have to happen, okay, for, for the cryptocurrencies to become mainstay in Haiti or any other, you know, African countries or Caribbean economy. But we've seen a huge jump already in, 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 in users, not only, you know, in, uh, in emerging markets, but also in uh, developed markets such as the United States, Europe. Um, we've seen, you know, countries experimenting, you know, China, we've seen countries experimenting with, uh, with a host of uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, um, so, so, so this is very exciting. I would say it's very exciting for me personally. And, um, and, and, and I'm sure for Daniel and Alice, um, I'm sure it should be very exciting for you, you know, after we conduct this interview, I hope that you open an account okay, on Coinbase or Jax or Polynex, um, and for you to start, to start using it and, you know, testing the, the technologies of today and tomorrow. Wow, that's great. So I do have a question, another question for you, uh, Laura. So uh, do we currently have um, Bitcoin networks, like the cryptocurrency networks in Haiti right now, as we speak, or no? Do you, that well, you know of? Well, the, I have to tell you, the okay. advantage of the Bitcoin, it's not, right. it's not, it's not country specific. Right. Okay. I'm aware. Uh-huh. The technology, and that's what makes, that's what makes it beautiful, because cryptocurrencies are world currencies. Basically, you can use it anywhere in the world. You can access it anywhere in the world. So long as you have an internet connection, you know you have access to your account and you have access, you, you have the ability to transact. So, so to to take it a step back. Um, you know, it's not only in Haiti, because once you have a phone and internet connection in Haiti, you have access to it. Uh, and then you can go to, to China and the same thing. You can go to Japan, the same thing. You could go, you could go to the Dominican Republic and it's the same, it's the same currency. So that's what the, the, the beauty about it. It's not like, uh, it's not like the gourds or the US dollar or the Euro or the, or, you know, basically, um, those, this type of money. Bitcoin is a, is a world um, you know, currency that so long as the ecosystem that mean, I mean, meaning the people accept it, you can pay with it regardless of where you are in the world. Okay. So if, so if you add that to 10, uh, if, if you buy $10 of Bitcoins today, it's, it's, it's on your account. You go to, uh, uh, you go to Jamaica, you don't have to use Jamaican dollars. You, you just take your Bitcoin account. If they accept it, if you use a taxi, he accepts bitcoins. You just pay with him from your phone, and it's peer to peer, so it's phone to phone. Wow! So it's, yeah, it's, that's so awesome. So I guess my next question would be more specifically: Do you know if there are stores or maybe supermarkets in Haiti currently accepting bitcoin? Um, I'm not sure that there is uh, supermarkets in Haiti accepting bitcoins, but okay. I know I know that one 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 restaurant in particular. Um, I spoke to the owner the other day and, and convinced her that she should accept Bitcoin. So it's going to be Jojo Restaurant, which is going to oh, be nice. the first restaurant in, 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 in Haiti, certainly, that accepts um, Bitcoin. And, um, and it's, you know, it's, very, it's so easy to use. And the fees, the, the transaction fees are so little. It's not like, you know, if Haitians, if Haitians you know, with the large diaspora that we have, with the 2.2 million people, uh, um, you know, from the diaspora sending money to Haiti, if they start using Bitcoin and if the acceptability, the adoption rate by the ecosystem, meaning by the, by the stores and merchants starting to accept it, 
is going to change the way the diaspora, you know, sends money and is going to, it's going, nothing is ever going to be the same because it's going to be much more, it's going to be much more quicker and less expensive to make a transfer. Right. We're talking, I mean, we're talking, for example, if you go to a, a regular, um, you know, money transfer agency, it costs you anywhere between 8 to 15%, depending on where you're sending it. Um, and it takes you, it, 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 it's not instant, you know, and plus you have the delivery rate and you have the expenses. So, so it becomes very expensive to receive money or to send money with, if you do it via cryptocurrencies, that, that I would say percentage goes down to less than half a percent. So, so the people have, will have more money in their pocket. Um, the, the senders will pay less and the receivers will, 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 you know, will enjoy it in an instant. So you have, so you have, for example, technologies such as Abra right now that are, I mean, that are providing uh, this service and that's still okay. developing. And Abra is an app that you can, okay. you know, just download on your phone and it allows you to, to send and receive money. And it's, it's using the blockchain technology. So, so you have Bitcoin, which is the cryptocurrency, the digital money, and you have the blockchain, which is like, I would say, uh, the real of, of how it's being moved around, around the world. So, so that's like, a, you know, it's, it's like a different uh, technology than Bitcoin. Okay, awesome. Um, you really sort of like clarifying this. I do want to ask you something, though, because I know there's been a lot of pushback uh, just recently, in fact, about maybe a week or a week and a half ago, uh, um, the, the CEO of JP Morgan, uh, Mr. Diamond, he actually said that, you know, um, Bitcoin is a fraud. Now, um, and Alice knows this, like whenever you have to pay attention to what the mainstream media is rejecting, and whatever the mainstream media is rejecting, that means that it's not beneficial to them. And when he said that, I thought, okay, the, the Bitcoin movement is on the right track. Because to me, it signifies that there's a fear. There's a fear factor from the banking system. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about the government, uh, because you said that JoJo is getting ready to accept Bitcoin soon. So does that mean that... Um, in terms of a legal framework, um, does the government of Haiti want Bitcoin? Is are there laws on Bitcoin uh, for Haiti or no? Or this is still in the initial stages? Can you talk well, to us a little bit about that? Okay, so let me give you a little bit of a background on Bitcoin themselves, so okay. that you have a, you know you have a firm a firm ground on it. So basically, yeah. it was, so the Bitcoin is I would say it's a computerized. Uh, sort of uh, digital uh, money, okay? So it's right. it's made by the term bit, which is a, 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 a computerized measure of units, okay? Um, and it is the, the term coin, of course, is the is you know it's it's so so bit meaning computer, coin meaning you know money. So 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 you put the two together, it gives you um, it gives you the concept of virtual money, digital money issued by a computer software conceived in 2009 uh, by, and, and it's not known, but it's one or many computer scientists. Um, and, and, but the, the biggest name that comes as the creator is Satoshi Nakamoto. Yes. He is believed to be the original founder of, of Bitcoins. Um, 
So contrary, for example, to the dollar or the Haitian goods or the euro, um, it isn't, the Bitcoin is immaterial, okay? So it's not regulated by any central bank and by any government in the world. So, that, so, so to answer the question of whether the Haitian government is not, is not regulated by any government in the world, okay? But it is regulated by a new movement of internet users. Okay, so internet users having a special, special software in their computers, okay, to exchange the monies, um, to exchange uh, be basically between them and to purchase goods and services to those that accept it. Okay, so it's a, it's a huge industry. Okay, so, so I believe the market cap for Bitcoin is about $170 billion. So it's huge. Um, and it's used by, by millions of people around the world. People that certainly um, are, you know, I would say that the, the Bitcoin users are, are, are you know, young, non-traditional people, libertarians, um, and, and people, you know, computer techs. Uh, but it's now ca catching on to the mainstream. Um, it's, it's, now, it's now making so much noise that it's, it's catching on to mainstream uh, society. Because people, a lot of people are tired, okay, to depend on, what's called the trusted third party. Okay, so, so a bank, a bank is a, is a trusted third party. Uh, an insurance company is a trusted third party. Um, people wanna have faster transactions. People wanna have access directly to buying their goods and, and people wanna pay less for it, okay? So, um, so, so basically you have, the Bitcoin is one of many uh, crypto, crypto money, cryptocurrencies and this is used for many, many different services, okay? So you can buy, you can sell, you can receive payment, whether on Bitcoin or Ethereum or Dash, you have several hundreds of you know, different cryptocurrencies. And, and basically um, it's accepted by you know, millions of people, websites uh, around the world to, to buy you know, your services. So, so basically, uh, in terms of regulation, the state of New York um, has created regulatory uh, oversight for transacting cryptocurrencies. Uh, Japan, yeah, Japan is also doing, you know, is, is also putting forward their, their own, uh, their own uh, regulations. So right now we're seeing a movement by governments around the world, okay, not to reject it. You, you have some governments that reject it. For example, China, is uh, is somewhat rejecting it yes i've read um, i've read that yes so so it depends on the culture it depends on, on the government but you know it's very it's very hard it's going to be very hard to reject it simply because you know just like at the beginning you know remember in in, in 2000 you know in, in the year 2000 uh in 1995 1996 when the internet basically was just starting we had gopher you know, it was hard to have an internet connection. There was dial-up, okay? But there was so much investment in, into, into broadband technology, into, uh, into uh, fiber networks around the world, that today, if you have a connection that does not, you know, basically, you know, that does not give you the, the information instantly, within, a, within a, a split second, you get upset. So basically, the, the world is moving, has, has moved online because of that. 
So it's changed our minds, it's changed our habits, it's changed how, how we do things. Before, a phone used to be used to call somebody else. Today, voice traffic is, is disappearing. People are using text, people are using Snapchat, people are, 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 are using the phone you know, to bank, to study, you know, to, to uh, you know, I mean, to, to stay in relationships, long distance relationships now are going through uh, FaceTime or or you know or zoom or so so basically we're living in an emerging the, the world is moving so the same thing is happened for payment system payment system is very difficult you know basically it's very difficult today to make a payment uh, from one country to the next you know you have to go to several banks you have to wait you don't know what's going on okay it takes time and and it's it's, it's pretty costly some countries charge as much as two percent for a transaction that you make, so so to send a hundred thousand dollars, or you know, you're gonna you're gonna pay two thousand dollars for that fee. So that's what the cryptocurrency is trying to knock out. Okay, with cryptocurrencies, you know, this this will this will disappear. Uh, okay, now, let, you have let me. Time. You have. I two apologize. Times okay, go ahead. Yes, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, uh, hold your thought. Well, actually, keep going, and then um, I do have a few questions, and I want to let everybody know who has called in and raised their hand that I'm going to get to you in a moment. But finish your thought. Okay, so the creation of Bitcoins is completely computerized, okay? Um, so so, the, so the, the, the background, what happens behind it is reserved, I would say, to specialists uh, that have, you know, very large capacity servers. Um, and that are called uh, Bitcoin miners. So I, I'll get back to that to that uh, soon. So you download uh, you, you download the, the app for free, okay? And it allows for those servers to to be able to create Bitcoins uh, as they go. Today you have about I would say uh, 16 million units that are, that's in circulation, and the capitalization. Um, the capitalization today, like I was saying, for all the cryptocurrencies, about 170 billion dollars. Uh, for Bitcoins, about 43 billion. Okay, so the total number of outstanding Bitcoins is about 21 million. So out of that, you have 16.4 million that's in circulation, and 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 the miners are 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 able to get up to 21 million. So it's like a sort of a limited series. Um, that's what's creating the value. So the value of Bitcoin, so if you have, let's say, uh, Daniel or Alice, if you have, let's say, one Bitcoin, okay, in uh, five years ago, I would say three years ago, that one Bitcoin was worth about, let's say, a dollar. Okay? So you would have one Bitcoin, one dollar. Okay. Today, Today, if you have one Bitcoin, it's worth $4,200. Yeah. So, so you have two things. You have getting, getting cryptocurrencies as a form of, a, of, of an investment. So you buy, you hold, it appreciates in value, or it, it can also lose value, okay? And that can happen where you lose your money. It's just like any other investment, okay? Um, except that this one, you have higher risk, but also higher reward. Okay, so let's say you had, I'll give you an example. There is this very uh, 
common example of this guy that went to buy a pizza um and then he didn't have he didn't have any uh you know he, he forgot his cash and car and credit cards to buy it okay but he had he had his phone so but the guy <laughs> you know the pizza vendor told him look you know i mean i cannot give you the pizza for free you have to pay for it he says but, but i forgot my money and things he goes well um you know they, they started discussing and then he says okay um, what if I pay you in Bitcoin? The guy didn't know anything about it. Okay, he was, what is that? He goes, well, you know, it's, uh, it's this digital money, etc. cetera. Um, they, so they argued and argued and argued, and, and, and finally they agreed to, um, the, the pizza guy agreed to get the, you know, the, the Bitcoin. And what happened is, at the time, he gave him 10 Bitcoins. For that pizza that was worth ten dollars right well the guy held it okay. he held it. and today it's worth forty three thousand dollars wow so it's to get so he paid forty three thousand dollars for a pizza so so it's to, it's to tell you the potential that of appreciation that that the cryptocurrency has and as the world is moving towards you know uh you know towards as we're moving towards the digital world this is going to be commonplace. And once it's commonplace, it's going to replace what's called fiat money. So the fiat money is the dollar, is, is the paper denominated um, money that you have, the, the US dollar or the euro or the Haitian word or, or, or what have you. So, so what happens is it's a, it's a way of people to have, to have access to transactions and payments without going through you know, a large bank. Because take, take Haiti, for example. Haiti, you have about, you know, you have four, four, about four banks, okay? To have a bank account, it's almost impossible. They ask you all types of, uh, of paperwork in order to open an account. And you have to have a minimum deposit, okay? So many people cannot afford it. So, so what, what, what that does, that creates an sort of a, sort of a, divide between the banks and the unbanked. So I would say in Haiti, you have 80% of the population that's unbanked. So people use cash economies, they use cash, and then the cash is expensive. You, you know, you can have counterfeits, you, you, you can lose the, the bills, you can lose the currency. So the, the, the business case, I would say, to use, you know, digital, digital money is, is crying for adoption, you know, countrywide and worldwide, I should say. Um, so many, many countries are looking at how to do their own cryptocurrency. So for example, Dubai, the Emirates, okay, they're, they're, they're gonna issue what's called EMS coin, okay? Um, Estonia, which is one of the world leading countries in, in uh, digital, uh, governance is, is is looking at issuing their own crypto uh, their own cryptocurrency. So basically, what they will do is going to be like digital money that's going to be on your phone and that will be accepted everywhere. And if if Haiti were to do it, the government would then issue what's called the the the, the for example the good coin, and and from that you will go from 20% of the population that has access to bank accounts. To to about 90, 98 percent, if not 100 percent, 
you know, in a very short period of time. And that will help, you know, with everything else that will help with tax payments, with, with services payments for the state, that will reduce corruption, is, it, that, that will create, you know, uh, I would say a trail on the money being paid. So, so it, it has a host of positive solutions. Now, on the negative side, it's volatile. Uh, you know, if, if you lose your password, for example, you get locked out of your account, you know, you can lose what you have in the fund. So, so, you, have, so you have ups and you have downs, but the, I would say the positive outweigh the negative. Okay. Okay. Um, Alice, uh, are there, um, I know. Can I, uh, can I quickly jump in? But, yes. But go yes, ahead. Because I have a couple questions about. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, uh, just so that we don't lose those who have raised their hands, um, uh, Laura, you actually answered one of the questions we had had was, which was, what should the Haitian Central Bank do about and um, just, I mean, uh, so, uh, okay. What so should, that's, yeah, so what, what should a Haitian central bank, in your view, do about cryptocurrencies? You're saying some governments are rejecting Bitcoin. What is the future in Haiti? What is the likelihood that the central bank in Haiti will embrace cryptocurrencies? And um, or 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 at least cohabitate with them. I understand they can't regulate them, correct? But like, what do you think their 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 attitude will be in Haiti, the central bank? Well, look, the central bank already has all types of issues, you know, to stabilize. For example, the, the central bank spends millions of dollars to stabilize the U.S. dollar versus the gold. You mm. see what happened when I left the post of prime minister. The the the, the exchange rate for one one dollar to the gourd was uh, it was forty three gourds for one dollar. In the years subsequent to that, um, it devalued uh, about thirty percent. So basically, the the, the country became thirty percent poorer because the value of the money lost thirty percent of of its value. So having a cryptocurrency, reducing the fees increasing adoption, increasing the citizen's ability, okay, to, to, to receive or make transactions only is beneficial to the state, to the state at large. So, uh, and that's what's happening. That's why you see, you know, in the United States, there is, you know, millions of users in Europe, even more. Um, so, so the central bank, what I, what I would recommend myself to the central bank, and if I was prime minister, that's something that's something that we would definitely look into, is to issue um, basically a Haitian-based uh, denominator, a Haitian-based coin. So, so this way, you don't have to continue, continually invest in keeping your, your, your local currency in parity with the, the foreign currency. You can allow your citizens also to use the technology at hand because, for example, that's, that's already been used. Digital money has already been used in Haiti. It's just not issued by the government. But if you take more cash, for example, Digicel has 890,000 users of more cash. Okay? And then you have Natcom that has its own currency. And then you have a bank uh, that has its own currency. So you have T-Cash, more cash. That was called Chocho Mobile before. So you have it already. 
it's just not issued centrally by the central bank. It's issued by private operators, phone companies, okay? Um, and they're doing very well. If you, if you research about it, you'll see that Mokash has signed an agreement with EDH for people to pay with their uh, mobile wallet their electricity bill. And that's, that's uh, breaking news as of yesterday, for example. All right, so, so it's already being used in Haiti, but the difference is it's not issued by the central bank. So you have the goods in Haiti issued by the central bank, paper money, it's called fiat money that's in circulation. That's hard, you know, first of all, it's very costly to print the money. People don't understand that because they don't have an unlimited shelf life. Money is, you know, they have to be printed every, um, um, every period. Every few years, they have to be reprinted. There is a lot of counterfeit. So some, sometimes if you have counterfeits in one, which is not going to happen with the digital money, for example, because now I'm looking at the pros and cons. Um, so you have, you know, the, so the, case, the case for, for it, especially in a country like Haiti, where everybody has a phone and nobody has a bank account, is definitely <laughs> to be looked at. Yeah. So, so you're saying that the Haitian central bank should actually create a Haitian a Haitian cryptocurrency? Well, I I would think that it it makes sense, right? If you have right now you have nine million phone users, right? Yeah. You have nine million people with a phone. You have one million with a smartphone. Okay. So that means that out of the one million smartphones, you could easily have. 60 to 70 percent using it for payment to, to make or receive payment, or if not the 100 percent. Because right now you have about 89 percent having uh, a, a mobile wallet with with a local uh, with like digital or, or napkin, for example. So everybody, so they're providing the service already, and it's a great service. It's a wonderful service. Right. I want to jump in here a little bit because, um, as you know, Laurent, the electricity issue has been a big contention in, in our homeland. And, uh, and one of the reasons why I thought about Bitcoin is sort of like on a larger scale. And I know you also, you have been tapping into the energy sector, and I'm hoping that you can talk about that. But I was thinking, what a great opportunity uh, that the government can actually foster if we can use Bitcoin because the, the Haitian diaspora, we spend about what, $2 billion annually to Haiti. And I'm wondering if there's a way that we can sort of like rewrite that money and help pay a portion of it, you know, so that our families in Haiti can have electricity every month where they can pay, you know, either the, the, the government for electricity or I guess the vendors for providing electricity and how that can really change the country's economy. And also the government will have the funding that they need to actually build the infrastructure. Do you see any relationship between the energy sector and how Bitcoin can sort of like be an added asset to that sector? And if so, can you elaborate on that? Well, absolutely. Well, what it's gonna do essentially is it 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 eases the transaction. It simplifies the transaction. So, um, for example, I'm I'm looking at a I'm looking at a, a a tweet that I just got here from this interview, saying that every you know 
by, by fortunate lady saying that as per Lauren Lamont, everyone, everyone has a phone, about 9 million, but none have a big account. No, I said 20% have big accounts, not none. So, right. the, so the, idea, the idea here is this. Let's say that, where are you now, Daniel? Which, uh, which city are you in now? I'm in New York. I live in New York. Okay, so, and Alice is in New York also? Yes, yes, we're okay. both in New York, yes. All right, so this is, this is how yes, it would work. I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. You're in, okay, so let's say you're in Brooklyn, and Daniel's in New York, you guys have relatives in Haiti. Okay, you wanna, um, you, you, you wanna use, you know, a, a, a cryptocurrency, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, um, you know, you have uh, Litecoin, you have, uh, Civis coins, you have you have so many, okay. But let's say one of them is is, is accepted by the uh, by the energy company or a phone company, for example. So you get the, I mean, so you able from New York to to pay or to recharge the account of the person once EDH itself would would, would accept Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever. So that it would be as simple as that. And it would take you about half a second to make that payment. And the account would be topped up by a blockchain-backed uh, platform, for example. But you need to invest in the technology for that. So, so it makes it easier. Instead of you going to a place, making a money transfer, the person going to get it, or the, the motorcycle having to drive through mountains and hills to go and deliver the money with the insecurity of people, you know, with the, all the insecurity, you know, the money might get to you or might not. Um, you have all types of issues that could arise. Now, now you could just get the number and, and make the payment and top it up. So it, it will take you, you know, a, a split second. So it's all about the ecosystem. So EDH would have to accept Bitcoin um, or, or, you know, another form of cryptocurrency. If it's the Haitian issued cryptocurrency, it would be easier because then everybody has access to it and and that's it so so and you would pay instead of paying you know the 8 to 15% transaction fee then you would pay less than half a percent okay so so to you it, it would be cheaper to you and for your relative he, his his electricity account will be topped up you know 100% for sure okay so this leads me to the next question Alice unless you want to get a couple of callers and I have uh, a couple more questions, but um, yes. we can get to your hand. questions, Daniela. I would love to have them, you know, jump yes. in at this point because okay. that, you know, that's that's why we're here. You know, it's so yes. that they can have access to these types of guests. So, yes. call in six one three. You've been waiting very patiently. We're gonna get back to Daniela's questions. Also, I see all of the questions on Twitter. We're gonna do the uh, we're gonna do the 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 phone questions first. Please be brief because a lot of people have questions. All right, so this is not a day when we can go on forever. So caller in 613, uh, you are on the air. Thank you. Good morning. I'm calling from Canada, um, where the University of Waterloo is a center for high tech. And uh, just the other day, I was at a conference where Ted Livingston of uh, uh, KIC was talking about their own token, uh, token uh, KIN. But what I noticed is that Canada, they're very careful. I mean, we're talking about an advanced country here. And they're very careful with the introduction of these uh, technologies. They want to make sure that the regulatory system is in place. Now, uh, Laurent Lamotte just mentioned that uh, people will need to have access to a computer and electricity. 
which brings me to the uh, necessity for this conversation to go to Haiti, because it seems we're talking about another country right now. Uh, in January 2013, Mr. Laurent Lamotte, you made a statement that within six months, uh, there will be electricity 24-7 uh, in Haiti. Can we be talking about this in the abstract when the basic necessities are not served in Haiti? Or are we talking about a technology that will serve the 1% in Montagnois? Well, I guess you didn't listen to, to the first 30 minutes of the interview then. So what, what I said is, is two things. In order for everybody to have access to financial services, you need to have, you need to be able to provide the service via a device that everybody has. So I said that 9 million people have a phone, so having access to the phone to, through the cryptocurrency will give access to all and not the few that live in Montagnois. So that's exactly what I was talking about on this point. On the other point, um, you know, we can make, I mean, we can make it a, a political discussion, but my goal, you know, since I was, you know, since I'm little, before I even took the prime minister's job, is to do my best to bring the best for all. And electricity was part of it. And as you can see today, I don't think that it's a, it's a bad thing for any leader of any emerging or, or country, whether it's, it's Haiti or anywhere else, to aim his, his or her policy to bringing electricity for all. Because we are the lowest coverage country in the world today. We have a grid of about 25% of the country, of which only 12.5% actually provide, deliver the service to the population. So. As prime minister, it's a, it's a noble goal, I think, to have and provide access electricity to, to, uh, to uh, 24 hours a day, just like the, the, the new president has, has said he would do. It's, it's a goal that should be done and that has to be done for the country to get better. And I don't think that the contrary would be true if you say, okay, you're not going to give electricity and you're not gonna do anything about it. And that's probably what happened in the past. That's why today, you know, we're having to talk about electricity 24 hours a day, which is a normalcy in any other Caribbean country um, you know, next door to us. So we have to, we have to, uh, I think, as, as Haitians also, it's important, especially those living in, in, in the diaspora, you know, we have to set the example and we have to, we have to do, be we have to do better instead of, you know, getting down into, into, uh, you know, meaningless political fights. I think it's, it's, you know, we have to set the example, we have to set the goals. And it was certainly my, my uh, intention and goal to, to show Haitians that we can do better. Remember, sir, when we took over, everything was destroyed in Haiti. The airport that you landed in was destroyed. There was 1.6 million people on the street in tents. So we had big priorities, and I think that we managed most of it. Of course, I was there for two and a half years, and, and in two and a half years, you can only do so much. It probably will take you two and a half years to build a house. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but can I uh, just follow up to clarify? The fact is you promised electricity within six months, 
And your government had the biggest budget that any of the recent governments had with the Petro-Caribe funds. So it's not as if it was an impossible goal. It's just that the money was used, and we're still in the dark in Haiti. People do not have the electricity that you promised. And nobody has been judged with regards to where the money went. And so that's why, you know, if we keep on giving the people false promises that never materialized, you know, like right beside us in Dominican Republic, they have the metro. That's because they've invested their money in what they said. They didn't just talk about technology. They're using it. In, in, in our case in Haiti, you have a small percent of the population that is using technology when thousands, millions are dying because they cannot find water to drink to save themselves from cholera. So that's why this is kind of like a surreal conversation that we're having here. Well, we're having a technology conversation. And I yeah. think... And I want to jump in here a little bit, um, because since I'm the one who initiated this discussion, um, I don't think this discussion is surreal, and I'll give you, I'll tell you why. There are countries right now that are very similar to Haiti. In fact, some that are in worship in Haiti, and I'm talking about Afghanistan, uh, and I'm talking about Iran, and I'm talking about uh, a few places in the Middle East that actually would make Haiti look like, you know, it's a walk in the park. So with that being said, I do wanna emphasize something. The purpose of this conversation is Haiti has, um, like almost every other person in Haiti is like a small business owner. When we're talking about Madame uh, Salah. And this technology, what it has done, particularly in Afghanistan, I would encourage you to read that book as well. Because for me, I always try to find places that are similar to Haiti and that are finding success with their poor citizens and how Haiti can actually, uh, you know, learn from them and what we can do. That is what we have in this conversation. But to say all that is to say, this technology, this Bitcoin technology, in spite of the conditions in Afghanistan and Iran and Iraq, they are providing a lifeline economically for a lot of the poor citizens in those countries. Why? Simply because of an app, simply because of a, a, of a, of a smartphone. And I understand only 1% of the population uh, right now um, can access a smartphone. But I think as a Haitian diaspora, this is why I'm very interested in this, how can we basically change the way that we're sending money home to make it work for the people? Because I can guarantee you, if the modern saga, if the people, if the average citizen, because I was in Haiti in August, I know the conditions of Haiti. If the average Haitian can facilitate their day-to-day -day commerce, their day-to-day -day, uh, living, I can guarantee you they're not necessarily gonna need the government because the way to change a country is to empower the citizens to become economically independent. It's not necessarily to empower them to become uh, dependent on the government. Yes, the government has a role, but at the same time, we need to focus more on figuring out a way to really help Haitians, the average Haitian, to become independent when it comes to 
having food on the table and having uh, money to drink water. Because I can guarantee you, if somebody in Haiti has a business that's functioning, the madame, the if they can actually have access, because they all have a, a, a fund, now we just have to figure out a way, how can we really upgrade? And that's something that maybe Digicel needs to be part of the conversation. How can we really have the kind of upgrade so that way they can have the technology to facilitate their commerce, right? So the purpose of this conversation is not, because there's nothing that, I, that we can do in the past, but I do believe that if we change the way that we send money to Haiti, the way that we actually connect people to the, the technology, the poor, the poor of the poorest in Haiti, they will have a lifeline. So that's what I wanna say about that. Um, that comment and then uh laura if you want to add to it you can add to it as well well absolutely and i think you know you know me I, I i like to have um you know this type of this type of discussion because you know i believe that technology can change you know can break poverty and you can leapfrog from having legacy you know old system in order to to bring yourself up to a first world country so, and you need to be, dream big and you need to understand that by having negativity and by having people criticizing, you know, 100% of the time, Haiti will only stay at the status quo that it's at. You need to have people that, that can inspire others and that are willing to try new technologies that are willing to think outside the box and that are willing to bring positivity into people's lives in order to make a change. And certainly what we're talking about here, whereas the previous caller thinks it's surreal and is talking about, is talking about electricity that I promised in six months, um, you know, it's certainly, you know, we can certainly have that discussion. But me, I'd like to, to point it out to uh, the, the, the simple fact that when you are taking over a country, it's not like in Canada or the United States, you know, that you take over a country where everything is working. When you take over a country that had issues before the earthquake and everything is destroyed, $15 billion in damage. And while you're in office, you have two hurricanes that bring another $3 billion in damage. You have a, you have a cholera outbreak that bring you another billion dollars. You have 19 billion down and the Petro-Caribbean fund, sir, that you were talking about did not even have 5% of that. So the little that you see that has happened in Haiti, the new airport that you saw, the new roads that you see in Delma, all the paving of the roads in Cap Haitian, all the, 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 the work that has been done in Jacques Mel, all the work that has been done, this work that you do that eliminated kidnapping in the country, all the reconstruction that you've seen, all the removal of people, that was done through those less than 5% funds that were available. So um, you're talking about something probably, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, people talking without even having any information, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to that. But when you are leading a country, I think the goals have to be set, and you have to have the means in order to achieve those goals. So we did the very best that we could with very little that we had at the time. 
And if you are of good faith, you will recognize that. So, okay. bring it, so and bringing back to, and bringing back to technology again, Daniel, because that was the purpose of the call. But you know, of course, we have to talk about everything because you know, this is you know, once you're in a public uh, forum, you know, we shouldn't restrict it to one, and and we should address the issues. But um, to bring it back to like, like you were saying, to having a micro enterprise, to having a farmer in 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 the mountains of Nepal, for example having the access to having a phone and having the possibility of his being paid for his uh, monthly or, or recalled of coffee, for example, by having an Instagram account and, and being able to, to collect an account based on that is not surreal. It's happening every day. In Rwanda, that's how a lot of farming, farmers associations, that's yeah. how they get their payments. That's true. Okay? So it's I've not it's, it's not sir it's only surreal when you block yourself and you have tunnel views into negativity. Okay, so this is great. Normally we 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 talk for hours. Thank you so much, caller in six one three, caller in five one four, caller in five one four, and of course, guys, um, the discussion can go on online. And it it is. I'm noticing that people are are talking to each other already on Twitter. So. This, of course, this last question, very, um, you know, lots of people reacted. So keep the conversation going there, please. Um, caller in 514, you're live on the air. Again, the number to call in to ask questions is 714-242-6119, 714-242-6119, at which point you press 1. So caller in 514, welcome. Hello? Yes. Hello? Yes. yes. Hi. Okay, so I'm on. Yes, uh, yes, I think uh, Laurent Lamotte's uh, presentation uh, of the technology is excellent because, uh, you know, even in the, uh, you know, in the first world and in developed countries, it's fairly unknown to the larger mainstream population. So I think it's wonderful that he's introducing it. But, um, uh, you know, I've noticed a couple of things uh, in a discussion that are maybe missing. Uh, notably, uh, like I'd like to know from Laurent, uh, how he feels about, um, well, first of all, you know, in the use of smart contracts, uh, which is a, an extension of the blockchain technology that allows um, um, some financial instruments to exist uh, between, you know, parties to exchange, uh, rather than just a replacement of fiat money with just a digital version. Uh, smart contracts allows uh, conditional uh, kind of program contracts between parties, and that enables uh, tr what's called a trustless uh, transaction, where two parties don't necessarily have to trust each other in order to transact and do business. And the technology of uh, blockchain technology allows that. So I'd like to know from Laurent if he feels that that could be, uh, because it's important, the element of trust can't, can't be ignored in a discussion about Haiti, because uh, you know, he's talking about the diaspora's involvement um, in Haiti, and the, the issue of trust is is very important. Uh, you know, where did the money go, transparency, and so on. So how, how does he feel about the role of smart contracts in, in, well, um, in, in that? And yeah. can you elaborate on exactly what smart contract looks like? Because I don't know, I, I'm not following... So maybe, Lola, if you have, or maybe if you can elaborate more, what exactly is a smart contract and what does it look like for those of us who don't know? 
Well, basically, yeah, and, and, and I want to I want to piggyback on that and and introduce the the, the comment by Mark Alain Boussico on Twitter. He says the issue of cryptocurrency in Haiti goes beyond tech infrastructure. It's education. Please touch that. Even smart people don't understand Bitcoin. And, I, and I'm only saying this because that seems to be a recurring theme. What is Bitcoin? And again, now, what is smart contract? Why? Well, the smart contract, basically, it's a, it's a, it's a protocol. It's a computer protocol that's there to, uh, to facilitate, to verify, and to enforce the negotiation of a transaction. So, for example, if you have, uh, if you have uh, a payment that has to be made, okay, or if you have um, a situation where you have, uh, uh, I mean, let me try to use an example that, that, um, that's easier to, to comprehend. So you have, you have, at the end of the month, you have uh, a, a credit card balance to pay, okay, and then you have an, an automatic payment. Um, okay. that's, that, that, that's a form of smart contract. So it says on the 29th of the month, um, you, you know, an amount of, let's say, you know, $20 will be deducted from X account and will be paid to Y account. So okay. that's an example, that's an example of, uh, of, you know, of a form of, of a smart contract, basically. So, so it is, it is revolutionary in the way and you can apply it to not only that that sector but but different other sectors so you have insurance sectors you have um you have different sectors that that smart contract can be applied on the blockchain okay so so there we're talking about blockchain not not specifically um bitcoins for for what i just discussed so so the idea and the concept of smart contracts um and, and again uh you know the 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 you know, the comments on Twitter, they are right, because we are talking about a technology that even in the developed world is not, is not known. So the only way for it to be known is to talk about it like, we, like we're doing today, is to discuss it, is to open the forum, is to exchange on it and, and to see what's the applicability for markets such as ours. Um, I don't think that there was uh, ever, and this is probably the first discussion that we've had on cryptocurrencies, uh, you know, about Haiti, especially in the format that we're having it. And it spurs discussion, conversation, and will lead to adoption, you know, after. So whether it's, I mean, whether it's a smart contract, whether it's, it's the introduction of, you know, people are working, you know, in, in this show that I went the other day in New York, there was a guy working on the concept of a smart constitution, for example, to make sure that you, you know, you, you build trust, uh, you reduce the uncertainty, um, and uh, and you have the technology replace the trust factor if you want. So so they're all uh, you know smart con smart contracts smart you know I, I mean those are all technologies that you know as emerging markets should explore, and because that will help us leapfrog <clears throat> from you know a lack of trust that we have in our institutions um, because of lack of of uh, lack of, uh, I would say, experience, lack of knowledge within the product or service that you're getting. Um, <clears throat> so by introducing technology in order to reduce that gap, it makes a lot of sense. All right, the legacy of i I'd like to move to caller in 514. Daniela, did you have something? Actually, no, sorry, caller in 5 Yeah. Oh. 
Um, now I'm just thinking that I think Haiti is ready for Bitcoin, but I don't think uh, Haiti is ready for uh, smart contract yet. Because I think the first we have to we have to go one step at a time. I think the smart contract will actually take a lot of education, and uh, and and it is true. It's one of the things that I read a lot. There has to be trust. Because imagine that every month you're just leaving your a credit card open to a business and they're just going to take money every month. You have to trust that business, uh, that they will do the right thing. They will take the exact amount. But I'm more interested in but how... That's, you, the that's the thing with smart contracts. You know, it, you know the, the, the protocol is the one that measures it in order for the generation to happen. So that's why, it, that, that's why you put it in that smart contract and that's why it builds trust. So you, so you don't leave it to... to uh, you don't leave it to... Uh, you know, one person saying that he was done when he was not done. It it, it should be verifiable on, on both ends. That's why it brings the trust. And and this smart contract is, uh, you know, and, and you can use it for different sectors. You know, for example, the, the insurance sector, of course, once you have the different platforms in place, um, you know, it, you know, you get an insurance and, 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 and the insurance right now, it's so, so difficult to know if you're going to get a policy or a coverage if, if this or that is covered. That smart smart contracts would you know insurance are, are prime targets for for smart contracts. So and you have insurance companies in Haiti, and and you know me I like to keep it to keep an open mind to things, okay, and not say that we can use it here we cannot use it there because the idea is uh, we have to go slow anyways. You know we have to go slow and we have to take things step by step, and we have to make sure that the technology that, that that's being used can be used. Of course you're going to start in pilot projects, you're going to test it out, you're going to make sure that it works before i mean before you roll out um but you know the 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 bitcoin is already a, a reality people are using bitcoin you know in haiti um if I'm, I'm looking at the website now where you can you know top up your phone you know yeah yeah bitcoin so you have you have uh you know it's a technology that's already adopted now the 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 expansion of the adoption is what is, is what the the awareness will bring but haitians are very ingenious people you know, uh, we're a people that's very, uh, um, you know, we're always looking, you know, to, to, to improve and to, and to do better. So this will definitely be something to try. And some will like it, some will not, you know, and, and everybody, but the only thing is everybody, you know, the good thing is, you know, it's, it's a choice. It's a choice. And you see for yourself, if you use it, if it's good for you, you keep using it. If it's not, then you don't. But at, at, at the end of the society, um, and as a government, that's something that, that, that is available and that's being used all over the world. And why not in Haiti? Yeah, right. um, that's, that's a fair. I want to, I just want to add something else, um, to this, uh, to one of the things that's important about this conversation that I want people to understand is that, uh, the benefits of Bitcoin is that it decentralizes the financial system that's that's the one thing the second thing that it does is that it has the potential to bring billions of unbanked individuals into a new and expanded world economy and and to be honest with you a lot of countries that are actually where this is being used the government has nothing to do with the process the government is not controlling anything the government doesn't now they try some government, they want to control it so that way they can actually have control of the banks. But regardless of how they want to control it, uh, the individuals who are actually using this platform, 
they are not going to stop. It's just like trying to, trying to get a government to stop the internet. No government owns the internet. Nobody can really, I mean, you can try to have policies, but you can't really control the internet. And that's the beauty about Bitcoin is that it's giving power, financial power to the average individual that wouldn't have uh, financial power. And that's where I think a lot of the education comes in. It has nothing to do with the government. The government doesn't really have anything to do with it. I just invited uh, uh, Laurent to come because he is a spokesperson. He knows about Bitcoin. And as far as I know, he's the only um, Haitian politician uh, who's actually using uh, Bitcoin, at least at that level. So I wanted to have a conversation. So my goal here today is to basically start the conversation and get Haiti and the Haitian diaspora to sort of like uh, explore other options and how collectively we can really change the financial state of Haiti. Because if you don't want the UN and the US and France and Canada to keep control of Haiti, you have to focus on the economic development of the people. You have to invest in the people. And the only way I know that can be done is to uh, uh, financial it's the financial means so the other caller can get can actually um enter alice so that's what i wanted to add to this all right all right this is great um I'm, I'm glad that we're all speaking um this is a rare opportunity i'm glad everybody's participating i'm glad everybody's being honest now the switchboard is lighting up there's a lot of people calling in so please make sure to when you when you intervene be brief you know get straight to the point and also if your point has already been made or your question has already been asked, ask a different question, all right, so that everybody can get to share in. So, uh, again, this is Legacy of 1804. We're speaking to former Prime Minister Laurent Lamotte, who is talking to us about Bitcoin in Haiti today. And, of course, issues are coming up about his tenure as Prime Minister. That's, that, that's, that's normal. Okay. So, caller in 305, you're live. Good morning, Alice. How are you? This is Pascal. Hi. How are you, Pascal? You're calling from Florida. Just, you know, please, everybody, say where you're calling from. This is great because we've got I'm calling from Miami, New York, Florida, yeah. Brooklyn, Florida, uh, Canada. So this is great. Go ahead. Yeah, what I wanted to ask the prime minister as well as Daniela is that you know one of the things, one of the assumptions I, I hear here about you know the economy in Haiti and financial development is is the assumption that we have a normal functioning economy in Haiti. We don't really have an economy in Haiti. What we have is an, an oligarchy of of international kind of a small crew of families that control over ninety percent of the actual economy of the country, who will be making the decisions in terms of what the cryptocurrency will be used or will not be used anyway. And what I would really like to hear, which is something that I really hate uh, Haitians talk about, is how exactly do we confront the fact that the resources of the country are allocated by a parasitic group of families who have never been interested in the well-being of the majority of the Haitian population and have been, you know, worked as actors to either overthrow governments in the past or work against other government entities in the past. And I've never heard anyone ask a president, a prime minister, any actual uh, political figure in Haiti, how exactly do we financially and politically neutralize these oligarchs who work as parasites on the government in the country in Haiti so that we actually have a wealth distribution process that actually empowers the majority of Haitians who are substantially poor? That's the question I'd like to have answered. Thank you. Uh, Loan, do you want to add to that? And then I can, I have some thoughts, but I'll let you, since it was posed to you, I'll let you answer it. 
Well, what what the the gentleman said is, is certainly is, is is a fact. You know, you have you have a situation where you have few families that own a large part of the wealth in Haiti, but it's not it's not this issue is not only true to Haiti, it's true to many countries in the world. And and what other countries have done in order to uh, you know to reduce that is certainly one introduce legislation to uh, you know to break monopolies um, and two is to have foreign direct investment local investment diversify your economy in order in order for for the economy to become larger because right now you have a small economy you have very few means of production and you have a situation where you know of course you know the one who has the more means to uh, to invest will want to grab everything so you have to open up that base by being up you know just like just like what happened you know the united states itself had huge monopolies in the past you had few families owning most of the means of production so the same thing the same thing in, in the dominican republic the same thing in jamaica so this is you know haitians tend to think that the problem is only um on, only true for them that's not so 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 this is a big issue that has to be addressed um, and it's not going to happen overnight. It has to happen by encouraging others with large means to invest in your country, invest in your in what you have that best in your tourism sector, in your manufacturing sector, in your infrastructure sector, and by having a diversification of investors and wealth, now you, you you're able to create jobs. As you create jobs, you bring more people into the economy, and you create, of course, incentives for them to prosper. But this is a chain of things that has to happen in a certain period of time. And what we don't understand in Haiti, and, and you know, one point you know, that I wanna share with the caller is the political instability that you have is a huge factor for the country being in the, in the state that it's at right now. Because you have a government that wants to change things after two years, three years, he's knocked down. So then you go back to the status quo. Now you have, for example, um, you know, a, a new government that's elected after six, seven months, they already want him out. So, you know, we, we need to understand the causes of why things are remaining the way they are. If you have few Haitian families that are controlling the economy and that are pulling some strings, this is something that is not beneficial, not only to, to, the, to the Haitian people at large, but, but to, to, to the families themselves. Because as the economy is growing, as more people are creating jobs, it reduces the social you know, conflicts, it reduces the, the social tensions, it improves, I would say, um, the, the introduction of education, edu more, more educated patients, you know, get a job, people are doing better, and their purchasing power increases, and they're, they're being able to live in a better society. So at the end of the day, you have to go there. But you have to understand the causes that are keeping us from going there. Political instability is, has, has been from day one, from 1804 till now, has been a huge problem that has to be addressed if we want to, if, if we want to, you know, tackle that particular issue. So to answer the caller, I completely agree with you. And, you know, issues have to be discussed and measures have to be taken for that to change but not to kick people out or or or, or anything is to is to include others 
in the economy, okay, expand your economy in order for, for more to participate. I mean, I'm, not the, I'm not a believer of kicking somebody out, okay, to bring somebody else in, okay, because those people, okay, they also have large means of job creation. Um, they're paying, you know, taxes, maybe not their fair share, but they're paying. So we need more people paying taxes. We need more people having jobs. We need foreign direct investment. We need political stability and a few other items in order for that issue of that you're saying to 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 be solved. Wow. Um, and and I know Pascal was asking, um, you know, Laurent, but one of the things that I want to add to this is that. Uh, the goal today, I think sometimes um, when we talk about the, the, the rich families that are, you know, holding Haiti, I think we can talk about um, those families in a fearful factor instead of a, sort of like an um, in-your-face, if you will, factor. And my intention is always no one is that powerful. If you think about Rome, it, Rome used to be the glory of the world. And there's, there's really no more Rome, right? Because Rome used to be an empire. So I really don't think that anyone, any family, um, you know, has, has control, has that much control, at least not permanently, because families come and go. But my intention, because I really believe that technology can empower the poor, because look what Facebook has been able to do, uh, even for people uh, globally, right, in terms of connection. But my intention is, the question that we need to ask, I think collectively, is how can we use technology to disrupt the stronghold that these families have in Haiti? because it can be done. It is being done as we speak. Uh, it is being done uh, in different parts of the world, in Africa, uh, Bitcoin and, and, and small businesses and entrepreneurship, they are single-handedly bringing Africa into the global stage. So what I'm interested in really is what can we do collectively? Because we haven't even discussed how the Haitian diaspora can also play a role and facilitating this process, this Bitcoin process. We haven't even touched on that. So that's really where, um, where my head is, just so you know, Pascal. Um, and that's really what the purpose of this discussion is for. How can we collectively use what we have to disrupt the stronghold that these families have in Haiti? And I believe that it can well, be done. So that I can segue nicely into a question that we got online. Uh, since uh, you just brought up how, how, how can the diaspora be brought in, there's this issue of um, can, does Lona does Mott think that we should have a diaspora, a Bitcoin diaspora bond? Uh, apparently, they just issued the first Bitcoin bond in the United States. Um, um, and apparently some former investment bankers from the region, in particular in Belize, are looking into a cryptocurrency diaspora bond that allows people direct participation into the offering. Um, so 
let me just add, put this in here before, um, before Laurent continues and before we take the next question. Uh, a, a, a Bitcoin diaspora bond, is this, are we still, are, are, are we going even more surreal by talking about things like this? Or is this a way to actually bring in the, 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 the diaspora? Well, let me tell you this. I welcome this discussion in, in the first caller about his surrealness because every time you're on a Haitian, you know, uh, every, every time I'm, I'm on an interview, you know, people have, they try to bring some negativity into it. And I'd rather talk about how to solve problems, how to bring solutions to problems, then talk about, you know, the same issues, manifestation, machine, because this is, will bring us no and it, has, it never will. This discussion that we're having today, surreal as it might be, it might have the potential to lift millions out of extreme poverty and create businesses and, and encourage micro-enterprises to get better payment systems and to think better about, their, about how to feed their children. So it has, it has a much you know, bigger impact than than just you know narrowing the scope or oh, you promised electricity in six months and you did it you know at the end of the day at the end of the day as Haitians we need to be collectively thinking especially I'm talking about especially you know people that went to school that I mean that that, that have an education that want to give back to the country one of the first aspects is to think positively about what you're going to to contribute but if you think that it's not going to happen, it's going to be negative, it's going to be surreal, it's not going to happen. So this discussion that we're having today, although it's the first time I'm having an interview like this, to tell you the truth, and Danielle, you know, convinced me that, that it was, uh, you know, a good format. And, and, I, and now I, I see where you were going, Danielle, and I think it's great, and I think more format should be done this way. Um, so the diaspora should... Before we talk about, you know, whether that should be adopted or not, I think one of the most important things, okay, is that the diaspora needs to be more organized to, be, to become a power that we really are, okay? So before I go into the diaspora, I'll go into one aspect. Um, right now, we are dealing, we as Haitians, we're dealing with many issues in the diaspora. We're dealing with the lack of association and the lack of power. We, 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 are, we are in the United States only. We're close to like 1.5 million. So in New York, in Florida, in, in Georgia, we represent a strong community. But the numbers that we have don't show up in the political circles, such as Congress, for example, that has the ability to protect and reinforce the Haitian community, such as, for example, the Cuban community. They have their own representative in Congress, and you see any issue impacting the Cuban-American community is immediately tackled by the congressman or senator. So, the, uh, as we're talking about diaspora and the diaspora bond, the diaspora needs to have more elected officials in Congress. And the only way to do so is association. Doing what we're doing, this type of sector, this type of brainstorming, how can we bring you know, the Haitians together into a force to be reckoned with 
at the highest level of governments, whether it be in Canada, whether it be in France, whether it be in the United States, whether it be in the Dominican Republic, okay? How can we work together as one, elect people that will defend our interests and doing it in a smart way, not in an emotional way. You have to work smartly and strategically and have people that have that has the back of the Haitian community. And then a lot of the problems will take care of themselves. For example, okay, TPS, the TPS issue that we're having right now. Okay, who is talking on our behalf? Who is lobbying on our behalf? Who is defending the backs of those 68,000 Haitians that are sleeping bad today, that don't know if tomorrow they're not going to be kicked out? Who is, who is defending their interests? Now, technology also can, be, can play a big factor in that. You can organize different campaigns in order to, to convince, um, you know, basically the decision makers that, look, please, okay, please do not forget, okay, the plight of those 68,000 people, you know, children, families that are going to be su suffering as a result of that. Who is going to stand up for the Haitians? And, and if we don't understand that, because the, the Haitian community is very Haiti-focused, but in order to, let, to help Haiti, you need to elect people that, that will have the ear of the decision maker and alter or, or, or try to advise him, I would say differently, so that the decision that he or she will make will not be devastating to Haitians. So this is a point that is extremely important. Now, the diaspora bonds, the Bitcoin diaspora bonds, um, you know, you have, to, you have to go in steps. Okay? You have to go step by step. Right now, we're talking about a new technology. We're talking about adoption, okay? And we're getting most calls from the diaspora, okay? We haven't gotten calls from Haiti yet. So the diaspora, you know, you have access to Bitcoins. You just have to download Coinbase on your iPhone or your Android, you download Coinbase, it's gonna give you three cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and uh, Litecoin. It's gonna give you the market price. It's gonna give you the last day, week, month, year uh, market progress. It will, allow you to, it, it will allow you to buy and sell. Um, so, so long as you have somebody else's uh, Bitcoin address, Litecoin address, or Ethereum address, then you're able to transfer um, coins to them or, or, or back. So um, having opening that, I think we should, I think the discussion should be done. Okay. We should open the discussion. We should have format. And if there is, um, if there is potential, then you go with it. If there is none, because, you know, I think we have to work on, on, on awareness and adaptability. Um, and, you know, so, you know, before we jump in too far ahead of ourselves. You know, you should, you should have, for, I'll give you an example. One, one, one point that would be important is to discuss it within the diaspora forums, okay, uh, and, 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 and gauge their, and, and test their, their acceptability for it. So at the end, people, you know, you know everybody will want to have a return on their investments, okay? Just like if you put, let's say, $100 in, uh, in a bank, it's giving you 1%. Okay, if you open a diaspora bond it gets, and, and the, it promises you to give you 20% or 5%, you know, you just have to see, you know, you know how, how that will be accepted by people. Um, interest rates are very low now. Um, you know, investments are very tight. So, 
you know, so, so it depends on the risk level, but it should be a topic that should be adopted by, do we have a Haitian diaspora Bitcoin association, for example? If we don't, maybe that's something that people should, you know, c consider opening and where, 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 you know, you have an online, you know, blog discussions on that. Um, so you have different things, right. Okay, this is great. Legacy of 1804, caller in 617. Caller in 617, you're live on the air. Please uh, get straight to the point. Caller in 617? Okay. Oh, is that uh, me? Look... Yes, that's you. <laughs> Did okay. you have your hand uh, up? Yes. You pressed one, right? Go yes. ahead. Okay. Yes. Uh, this, is, this is Jonathan from Boston. Um, so well, one thing I just wanted to, um, like, I just hey, wanted Jonathan. to point out two things. What'd you say? I said, hey, I was just in Boston. Oh, hey, sorry. Uh, so I just wanted to point out two things. Um, so one, I think, um, I just want to point out that there's, from the call, like, I've, I've been, um, like, seeing that there's um, some confusion um, between, like, blockchain and Bitcoin. I think, like, I just want to clarify that, like, um, Bitcoin is just a type of blockchain, and 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 I know we've re already referred to like other um, types of blockchain as well, like um, Ethereum, um, Litecoin, etc. But Bitcoin is not the only option. There's several. Um, as long as it's running on the same distributed ledger, it's the same. Um, there is basically multiple types of um, blockchain. And the other thing I also want to point out: this was something to um, earlier when we were talking about the smart contracts. Um, I wanted to point out to, because I think Daniela said something about um, the trust thing. And um, basically, I just want to point out that this is like strictly done on the computer. So it's a like piece of like, there's actually with Ethereum, with um, Ethereum, it's actually like computer logic that you write and then it's compiled okay. and then it's okay. distributed amongst all the, uh, amongst the, um, the blockchain. And so every, every computer on the system um, can actually verify that transaction. So basically, there's literally no requirement of as long as the um, out of like the logic, the computer logic is um, accurate. Um, there's no requirement. Um, in fact, there's no need, and it, it's, I don't even like. There's nothing that anyone can do to change what that smart contract accomplishes. Um, basically, because once it's compiled, it makes the decision. It's it's literally like if you're a, if you're a programmer, like it's basically literally like a conditional. You're saying if this happens or if this um, situation if we have, if we're in this state do this etc so I just want to clarify those two things um, because I think it's important to understand like that that literally requires no um, human trust at all it's purely based on the community now the only issue there would be what if you know my logic is not correct then you can really make mistakes there um, because you know there's uh, um, there's a possibility that your algorithm could be incorrect etc so that's that's just uh, what I wanted to clarify Jonathan, Thank I have you, Jonathan. one more. Of course, Jonathan is a software designer, so he would know what he's yes. talking about. Yeah, go ahead. Jonathan, I just have a quick. So, is the ledger like all code? Like, how, can you explain the, you know, the technical aspect of it? Oh no. So the ledger. What is the ledger? Is the ledger just purely coding, or what is it? It's basically you can think of it as like a distributed database. Uh, and by distributed, I mean it's amongst. Um, several different, you know, uh, it, it's like basically every computer on uh, on the blockchain is like uh, it's distributed. It's all over the world, and this ledger basically records 
um, the transactions, like every transaction done on the blockchain, right? And so, um, and it's immutable, so you can't change. Um, you can't, immutable basically just means that, um, in, in computer science terms, that just means that, like, you can't change the value of something. You can't change something that was already done, you can't change it. Like, you have to initiate a new transaction, right? So, like, okay. if you made a mistake, you have to initiate a new transaction. You can't change it, which allows, that also helps with trust, right? Because that means that, and also all of this is, is public, so you can't, you can't change what happened. Like, you can basically go, go through the, um, go through um, the list of transactions and see how, um, how things have progressed and like if you know if you made a transaction and it was wrong you have to correct you have to make a new one so and and again because it's distributed um there's a bunch of different machines all over the world verifying each each of these um, transactions um if there's a mistake one of them will discover it like it's not like it's running on one machine where it could be flawed it's like it's on all these machines are verifying that one transaction um does that make sense so, so by distributed database it's literally you can think of it as like this is not the direct, um, like a good, I wouldn't say this is a good computer science explanation, but I think it's a good way to think about it is like, it's like if you had like a, um, you know, Excel spreadsheet of like transactions, and then you had that distributed on a bunch of machines, and like every time something happens, you have to verify that it's the, the Excel spreadsheet is the same on each one of these machines. Wow, and and as a, as a software developer, do you see Bitcoin as something that that could evolve in Haiti and really help the the population as well? I know Long already gave us his his opinion, but you have you definitely have the expertise from the technical side as a developer. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think there's definitely uh, I think there's definitely hope for blockchain technology in in Haiti. I think there's two things for me. Um, so for one, I think it would make more sense. To like uh, maybe like think about the newer um, like blockchain technologies than Bitcoin because the other thing about Bitcoin right now is like Bitcoin is very expensive. I don't know if anyone mentioned this, um, but Bitcoin is actually very expensive right now. Um, so like I own some Bitcoin, but that's only because I bought it many years ago. Um, and like you know, and like I bought some Bitcoin many years ago when it was when it cost like I think two hundred dollars per Bitcoin um, per two hundred USD. And now, like that Bitcoin on, on my Coinbase is worth over a thousand dollars, or over. Um, I, I mean, the amount of Bitcoin I have is worth over a, a couple thousand dollars, right? And I, I never even paid that much money for it. So it's pretty expensive, um, and I don't see it going down as far as I can tell. So that's that's one thing that you just have to think about. Um, and then, like you know, and there's there's also like benefits from the other blockchain blockchain tech, uh, technology. So, like for example, smart contracts. As far as I know, that's not, uh, I could be wrong, but I, I, that's, that's not in Bitcoin yet. That's actually a feature of um, Ethereum. Ethereum. So Ethereum actually uh, is the one that has smart contracts. Um, so it's like different blockchain technology has different, you know, um, features and some of them, you know, and like this, some, this is something that could be introduced to Bitcoin, but I'm not sure it has yet. So, you know, so there's a few things. And then the other thing would be, how do you get actual money? So like, for example, I live in Boston and right at South Station, there's actually a, um, there's a machine where you can actually um, get money, get real physical money in exchange for your Bitcoin, right? Um, now, if, if you're in Haiti, like, do we, are we going to have systems like that that allow us to change our Bitcoin into, you know, um, Haitian goods or um, what are like, do we have to get it in, in USD and, and then do the conversion there? So those, I think those are just a few things to think about. Um, but I definitely think there's, um, there's hope for it. And, and also the other thing, obviously, because it is, like a digital currency, we don't really need anyone's like 
um, permission technically right, to start using right. it in Haiti, right? right? It's, that's, been my, um, that's, been my, that's been my thing. We don't need the government necessarily. We don't need, this is something that the people can access and take hold of. Right, exactly. It's more, it's more so like, okay, if, even though we don't need the permission of anyone, it's like, okay, how can they realistically use it locally, right? right? Like, and, right. and build, like, how do, for example, like, okay, like um, how do you get that initial amount of um, Bitcoin that, that, or, you know, Ethereum coins or Litecoins, whatever, they can start using, um, and then how do you actually build, like, a legitimate economy around it in, um, locally that people can start transferring, you know, money to each other and, and or basically initiating transactions and so on. All right. Thank you. Uh, very good. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Caller in 813, going down the line, Legacy of 1804, caller in 813. You're live on the air? Caller in 813, are Hello? you still with us? <laughs> yeah, it, it appears some people have been on the line so long trying to answer, ask a question that they lose faith and, and then they disappear. But guys, I'm going to try to get to all your questions, so please you know, stay put, don't lose faith, call back. Some of you have dropped. So. Hello? All right. Yes. Hello? Caller in 813, you are live on the air. Yes. Can you hear me? Can, yes, can you hear me? Yes. 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 Awesome. Um, I've uh, noticed, uh, this is Gujio uh, calling from Tampa Bay. I've noticed uh, from the Prime Minister's Fund for Unregulated uh, Industries. Um, uh, and people can do their own research. Uh, he was on the cutting edge of uh, the phone industry. Uh, long before it was uh, uh, regulated, and in their issues of uh, uh, unregulated um, money transfers in Haiti and phone taxes and so on, and now bitcoins. Uh, as an investor, for example, um, uh, new cutting edge, uh, looking into new cutting edge uh, um, innovative uh, ventures like the marijuana industry. If I were in investing in marijuana. I'd probably invest in the machine that processes uh, the marijuana and turn it into edibles and the like. So I'm curious as to, as an investor, where is the former prime minister on the Bitcoin's uh, uh, um, sphere? Uh, is he an investor in software companies that uh, 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 um, uh, uh, um, monitor and deal process uh, on Bitcoin? Is he uh, um, backing a consortium of hackers? Uh, that sort of thing. So um, that's my question. Where is he uh, as an investor in uh, in Bitcoin? Well, um, <laughs> thank you for the question. I uh, I believe in technology. Like I said before, I believe in technology to uh, to ha to give access to people to have better payment systems, reduce friction, and have a better experience all over. So um, we're talking about Bitcoins, but I'm talking about cryptocurrencies more in general, if you want. Bitcoin is, is the, the most, I would say, the, 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 the most well-known. Um, but there is you know, hundreds of, of other cryptocurrencies. So I don't look at it from a standpoint of, of uh, you know, basically investing or you know, basically letting it appreciate or whatever. I'm I'm more looking at it as a usage, and as as a payment system to facilitate um, financial inclusion, um, having a more democratized access to payment systems, 
So this is, uh, th this is my standpoint and how I look at it. Now, in terms of investment, I have a small investment in, uh, in three or four cryptocurrencies. And like I said, if you go to Coinbase, you can do the same. Um, but, but my interest lies in, in, um, in financial inclusion rather than uh, you know, investment and return on investment. So, uh, and I just want to follow up quickly. So, those, the your personal investment, uh, when you mentioned that you are a spokesperson for uh, Bitcoin, is that what you meant by? Uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not a spokesperson. I'm not. Let, let me clarify. I'm not a spokesperson okay. for Bitcoin. I participate in many uh, blockchain forums that Got talk it. about financial inclusion. Okay. And, right. and technologies to enable financial inclusion. So financial inclusion, meaning everybody, you know, is everybody having access to a financial service, financial instrument. Um, and Bitcoin is one of them, blockchain, um, Bitcoin blockchain and other cryptocurrencies, um, you know, for, for that to happen. So, so this, is, this is where I'm talking about <clears throat> government to facilitate you know, payment system, because that's what it's all about. It's, it's about giving easier access, lower cost access, more freedom of choice to the citizen, and therefore lowering the fees and the barriers. So the gentleman took an approach of um, unre unregulated access. You know, I'm not talking about unregulated industries. I'm explaining a factor that's happening all over the world. And from that factor, I'm extracting the part that can benefit people within certain communities, Haiti or anywhere in the world, to have access to financial systems, where today they are blocked because one, they wouldn't have you know, the, the necessary paperwork. For example, if you go down to the, the, the if you go down to TB1, for example, and, 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 and you meet a local fish merchant, um, she will. She will not have, you know, basically the minimum required to open a formal bank account. She will not have a branch. Um, close. She. She will. She might not have the paperwork, you know, in order to to participate into the into the financial system, and therefore she's condemned, okay, to stay in the informal sector, to stay in in the and, and to and and to be the victim of. All types of issues that that that, that derive, you know, from theft to to paying extremely high fees, um, you know, and, and to being, I would say, the victim of the system as we know it. So the small ones are victims of the system as we know it today. So cryptocurrencies in general, blockchain, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, as the world moves forward, it's easier to have access to this type of cryptocurrencies and as the, the what I call the ecosystem, meaning the ecosystem means that the shops, if you have now restaurants, if you have suppliers, for example, people that sell rice, you can pay them in Bitcoin. The rice suppliers accept Bitcoin, they accept Ethereum, they accept uh, Litecoin. As this ecosystem develops and the world is adopting these systems more, you will see that you will have it will have a huge impact on the people that do not have any means today 
and that cannot open bank accounts any anytime that they want because of one reason or another. So we're talking about democratizing the financial system to make it accessible for all. And Haiti will be ahead of the curve, which is the purpose of this conversation. Like we need to focus on getting Haiti to be ahead of the curve when it comes to technology, when it comes to agriculture. Um, I did get a question from someone on, on uh, Twitter to my direct mail, they didn't send it to the public. Uh, and I believe you answered part of this question already, but there's a, there's a, there's a, a small part that I think that might be beneficial. So the uh, question is, what is holding, to ask you, Ramon, what is holding Haiti from prioritizing ICT by creating basic infrastructure such as 24-24 um, uh, electricity, this is exactly as it's written, more access to computer classes, nationwide and access to get paid online by the mobile stores, for example. You already answered part of it, but what I'm interested uh, to know is the online payment, because I don't know anywhere in Haiti where you can pay something online and coin be used or any of the Bitcoin uh, blockchain technology uh, be used to sort of like replace this, um, this, um, uh, this handicap that's, that seems to you know hold the country back because we're in 2017 so, and you can't really even pay something online in Haiti. Before well, Laura answers, I want to tack on a, a related question to that. That way, you know, he can answer both together. Um, I mean, we don't have online payments, but we do have more cash. We do have the uh, we we do have some mobile payments. I think mainly used by NGOs, and I mean, Digicel has experimented with that. So. The one question that was asked, and if you could answer together with Daniela's question, Laurent, is um, uh, will the adoption of Bitcoin and crypto or cryptocurrencies, would that adoption uh, actually uh, make Moncash and what, whatever Digicel is offering obsolete? Not really. I mean, it will be, it will be certainly a complement. You know, it, it will be just another form of, uh, it will be just another payment system. So... It, it is. I mean, it exists today. Today, you still you you have the the local uh, you know the the currencies more cash, and then that digital. You, for example, if you're a digital subscriber, you're gonna use more cash. Okay. If you if you on the Natcom network, you're gonna use another one. So you know. So those are gonna continue because those are those are products basically. So what you're doing is you're essentially adding products, and you are. Now the, the the difference is, if for example, you are in uh, you are in China, okay, and you see something being sold. I mean, you see a, a beautiful painting that's being done by a Haitian painter that's being sold. Um, you know that he puts on Instagram, for example. Okay, you won't be able to pay it through some of the, the mobile wallets of Digicel or, or, or Natcom. So, so it's, more, it's, more, it's more for local use. Whereas if you're in China and you, and, and you see a beautiful painting and you, wanna, and you wanna pay for it, okay? Now, you can pay for it with the cryptocurrency and the money will get instantly to the, to the painter's account. That's the difference. So you have more flexibility and you have an international way of doing it. So. What, what I'm saying is, again, we're talking about financial inclusion, and maybe you know that's that, that's uh, you know that, that so to my 
framework of, of this discussion is financial inclusion for all. So uh, having, having the, the Digicel and then the, the NAPCOM payment system is great because look, Digicel said yesterday 890,000 people are using it. So you have 890,000 people that have access now, easier access to a financial service. And as a society, this is what you should aim for, is to have everybody having access to financial services for either re to re either receive or make payments. And you have to make it easier. Just like, for example, if you go to make a payment, people receive Visa, MasterCard, Discovery, American Express, then that, that, that's a choice. Tomorrow they will receive those, 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 and they will receive some cryptocurrencies that will make it easier for the people that cannot get a visa in American Express to be able to have access to a financial service. Already, I've right. covered everything okay. that I have. Okay, we have a call from Haiti, it looks like. So oh, I'm gonna open awesome. the line, the 509 line, I'm gonna open right now. Caller in 509. Yes, good morning. Bonjour, qui j'en ai? Bonjour, moi bien merci. Um, okay. En fait, moi même, I, I'm, I, I've been following with great interest the, this wonderful debate since this morning. But um, the words that I'm going to, it, it's not really a question that I'm going to be asking. It's just that I want to say that we are all in Haiti aware that we may be not ready for the Bitcoins yet. But uh, we live in a fast-moving technological world, and therefore we need to start those discussions openly, as we are doing this morning, and to get the people prepared for what's coming, whether we wow. want it or not. It's wow. like when the, the Internet was being launched. And I'm very happy to hear from the Haitians living abroad. And I salute all of you guys, because I admire your courage, your achievements, and your contributions to the economy of Haiti. But instead of always see Haiti as a chaotic place, right. let's all make it better. Because our words throughout the years have created what we became today. I believe in the power of thoughts and words. And I believe also in all of us, in our sense of unity to come together as a nation, uh, whether we live in Haiti or not. Motherland needs all of her children. So these Bitcoins, uh, it can be new to the Haitian people, but I believe that we can learn and become really, um, you know, be, to be part of this global, globalized world. This, is, this was my intervention this morning because I needed to tell the people living abroad, the Haitian living abroad, that Haiti can be uh, facing difficulties these days, but we are a nation. And we are all brothers and sisters. So let's, let's, let's keep moving together. Let's be one nation. And this is well, the only way that we are going to get out of this situation. I am glad, the caller in uh, 509, that you brought this up because that's exactly what we do at uh, Legacy of 1804 is keep the Haitian nation together wherever we are. Um, so we're very happy that you called. And um, we do, uh, the Haitians in the diaspora, a lot of us are very concerned about the portrayal of Haiti and Haitians. That's why we do what we do here. That's why we, um, um, that's why we aggregate blogs where it's Haitians who are speaking and not foreigners for us. 
Uh, that's also why we're very concerned about the presence of you know foreign foreign troops in Haiti. Um, we're as much about the Haitian nation as you are. So uh, rest assured, we don't believe in looking at Haiti with uh, you know with Western eyes at Legacy of 1804. Um, yes. With that, I'd like to uh, go to thank you so much. By the way, caller in 509 for your message. And caller in 617, I have opened your line. Caller in 617. Hey, it, it, it's Donaldson again. Um, okay. So one, yes, one of the things I wanted to say is that um, I think the biggest barrier actually to cryptocurrency in like a place like Haiti would be definitely just the educational part of it. Because yeah. even as a software engineer, like I run into very smart, people with a technical background who don't actually who who have a hard time understanding like how you know the blockchain works how um you know like what is a bitcoin wallet what's a bitcoin transaction and even like when you define those things in in very technical terms for, for somebody with a technical background it sometimes is hard for them to understand so i can't even imagine you know in a country where like you don't have uh you know like um you don't have electricity all the time. You don't. Um, you don't. Um, you don't have like um, good like like the people don't really have good computer knowledge. Um, I'm not saying everyone. Obviously, you know, like I've lived in Haiti and like you know people are smart and a lot of people do know how to use computers. But I'm saying like um, there's so much barrier in terms of just getting them to understand how to use it and what everything they're doing means. So I feel like it would be like one on one hand you could you know introduce it in a very black box way where you just, they're using it without knowing they're using it, but I don't think that would be the wise way. I think it would make sense for them to understand how this thing is working and for them to understand that there's just a lot of educational component to it. And I think that's the thing that needs to be figured out is like, how do you educate the people on what a cryptocurrency is and how it works and where is my money? You know, like it's not physical paper. Like, so where is my money? Where does it exist? Um, you know, how do I, am I going to, can somebody steal it? You know, like, how do you explain that part to somebody? Like, could somebody actually steal their money? Well, if it's on Coinbase, maybe not. But like, if you're, if you have your own wallet, then yeah, somebody could potentially steal it. Um, so it's like, there's so much educational aspect to it that um, I feel like mm -hmm. that's, that, that should be like a major focus if you actually want to successfully make that work in Haiti, because um, it takes a lot to actually understand how this works and it's not like regular money where you know we've gotten used to how regular you know paper money works it's like yeah um yeah so that that's just uh time and 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 because we've gotten your point let me throw this question to Laurent then how would you educate the Haitian people about Bitcoin what kind of campaign would you launch well again I want to I want to point out that Bitcoin is one of many cryptocurrencies so Let's talk about, you know, cryptocurrencies in general. I think one point is, is to, uh, one, first of all, is having this forum discussion like we're having today, spreading it in Haiti, and basically having a concerted effort of, of, of cryptocurrencies for emerging markets, showing the benefits and the negatives, because for everything you have, the good and the bad, um, for everything you have pros and cons. So you have cryptocurrencies associations that can be formed. You have, you know, online campaigns that can be done. You have, but at the end, at the end, it's going to be 
what's good for the person using it. Is it is the person looking at speed? Is the person looking at you know the flooring? Um, and it me, I believe that you have many people in Haiti that could use it today, um, because simply because you have very you know Haitians are very you know inno innovatively driven people. They, they like to try new things. Um, so I don't think the adoption will be a big problem. What what has to happen though is the ecosystem in Haiti has to be developed. So, for example, if you go and buy an ice cream, uh, if, if, if once the ice cream vendor starts accepting, you know, a cryptocurrency, it will be easier, you know, for the adoption to happen. If you go, if you go to a, a restaurant, you can pay in bitcoins. People are the adoption is gonna go quicker, and you will see that you won't have to to do too much, uh, too many campaigns. A simple campaign to to explain it and for people to understand, but you won't have to do it too much. It's like it's like when the introduction of uh, of uh, the mobile mobile wallets was introduced. The adoption took time because you needed to open a mobile wallet with your account. You needed to top it up, etc. But people are used to that. So having had that experience, it's not all that different to using a cryptocurrency. It, the, the only thing, like I'm saying, is you know, it, it has to work in conjunction with vendors, suppliers accepting it as a as a form, as a method of payment. Wow. Okay, so this is great. Um, I, I think we've gone through most of the questions that we had, which I'm very happy about. Um, there, I've also tried to pick up as many as I could on Twitter. Uh, I have one question of my own <laughs> that I'd like to ask, and then I guess we can start wrapping up. And if anyone has any leftover questions, now is the time to raise your hand or forever hold your peace. Okay, okay. And thank you so much to all the callers, to all of you for showing up. This is great. Um, thank you to Loan Amos for coming on. Um, I firmly believe that we need more of these conversations. Um, you know, it's it's very well known that Legacy of Eastern 04, we are, you know, we're for Haitian sovereignty. Uh, we don't like, uh, we don't love neoliberalism here. Um, it's very well known that we don't love the United Nations and its troops in Haiti right now. Um, it's also, you know, I, to a certain degree, I mean, Laura Lamotte, you, you are sometimes associated with the Haitian right, uh, with, with the right wing in Haiti. Really? Um, uh, really? <laughs> I said sometimes, I said sometimes. <laughs> then, then, then let me address it now. Sometimes. Okay. So yes, yes, yes. So, so yes. And, and that's, that's where we're, we're very happy to have you on only because obviously, um, it's 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 very different to read the news about someone uh, than to actually have them with you, talk with them, uh, have them answer your questions. So this this kind of opens up a whole new way in which we can look at you, right, on the show. So this Hi. is great. Now um, we did have a call. We did have a caller question. You know the the promise of electricity and generally speaking, some you know a, a little bit of skepticism about accountability. And listening to and talking to you today, I can't help but think that a lot of um, those perceptions uh, about you come from the fact that you uh, became prime minister of, uh, you know, President Michel Martelly, who is, is may not be exactly, may be very different from you in, ve in very many ways, but who you basically associated your, your brand with. And we know that Michel Martelly was associated with, you know, para paramilitary organizations, we also know that, generally speaking, 
uh, he was seen as, you know, selected by uh, the State Department. Uh, that's definitely out there. There's tons of evidence to that, to that, to that effect. Do you regret having, you know, as we hear you talk today, as we see you and understand you as a, as a technocrat, first and foremost, which is something that a lot of uh, academic, Haitian academics seem to love you, by the way, and they think of you as a technocrat. Um, do you think that you did, you tarred your brand by associating yourself with the Michel Martelly administration? And, and which oh. uh, I think is, is you know, is, 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 is the association with the right wing is because of the association with uh, uh, President Martelly. I believe that you have to be judged on results and, and policies and actions rather than perceptions. Um, look at, I'll give you four actions and, you tell, and you'll tell me after if, if, if those policies or actions would come from the right, right of center uh, political spectrum. For example, um, the, the South-South cooperation, is that a right-wing uh, political ideology? South-South cooperation that we've pushed I would say no. Um, I would say no. I would say no generally. Yes. And so you're South South. Yes. And yes, you definitely did uh, collaboration with Venezuela. Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm not, not only Venezuela. Cuba? Venezuela, Cuba, um, not only Venezuela. Venezuela. I mean, we inherited the Venezuelan and the Cuban relationship. And we certainly had no shame of, uh, of you know, basically talking to the world about it and what they did for Haiti. Um, we look and you know south south with with uh, you know African countries uh, developing yes. other relationships yes. with uh -huh. Vietnam, for example, developing a, a strong relationship with Vietnam. Um, so south south cooperation is not uh, certainly certainly the education program that we've had, the social programs that we put together, okay, were not. You know, and Daniel spoke about that at the beginning, the education for all program, raising the attendance from 55 to 90% of attendance in, in, in childhood participation, this is definitely not the right-wing program. So I don't know where the perception comes from, okay? And maybe it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a perception. And I will, you know, I'm somebody, I, I, I account for what I do. Okay, if I would if I would come on this show today and I would tell you I would be ashamed of having served under the Martelli administration, okay, that would make me either ungrateful or a hypocrite, and I'm and I'm neither. I I will say that there is many things that um we could have done better, okay. Um, there is many things that could have, um, you know, but under the circumstances that we dealt with. Um, you know, we did the very best that we could under very, very difficult situations, and that continues today. Look, I was an unknown, you know, figure in Haiti until I became prime minister. And there is two, two prime ministers that came after me, and there's a third one now today. And if you ask many people, they probably will not even know the names of one that came after me. So I'm trying to um, I, I'm trying to tell you that people have to be judged by their results, by what they've done, and what was the way the country was when we started, and the way the country was after we left. Okay, so 
there is this perception, and, and I always talk to my friends about it, and I, and, and I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, actually, and I said, you know, um, when we came into power, people had this perception that we were like a right-wing government. Um, and, uh, and when we actually left, they're like, oh, my God, this is definitely not so, because, I mean, how could, you know, you, you'd be talking about, you know, in, in, you know, financial inclusion, you're talking about including the, the, the poorest, you, you have, you know, programs that fight poverty that, that, that are, you know, basically opening uh, community restaurants to fight hunger, in, in, in improving the lives of, uh, of farmers, you know, buying from, you know, I mean, buying directly from farmers. You know, I think in Haiti, unfortunately, okay, if you look at right or left or center, it hasn't really worked because you, because you might think somebody is right or the person is left and, or left and the person is actually right. And that's, that's actually what happened. The, 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 the left-wing governments that came in ended up managing as, you know, center to right. The right that have come in, like our government was perceived to be a right-wing government when we came in, but we actually managed from the center left. So, so I prefer, you know, to be judged by my actions and the results rather than the perception. And if you look at it, you see that it was, it was mostly a center left uh, policy driven government than a right-wing government. Do you think wanna, the perception that add. do you think the perception that it was a right wing government came from um, uh, kind of the neo devalierist uh, aspirations of uh, Michel Martelly and you know his his you know his association again with paramilitary groups um, and uh, you know some some form of perception that he was the second coming of uh, Baby Doc. Well, again, that was. That was the perception, but again, I, I I don't think that materialized the second coming of Baby Doc. There was no. If you look at the, the the cabinet of ministers that we had, we had actually that that's an you know that's an interesting question. I was talking to a former minister of mine, who was you know she was from she, she's a known I would say a left wing uh, militant uh, activist, okay, and she was telling me look. Uh, I just realized something, and I wanted to, to share with you. And I said, "What?" And she told me, "Look, the the, the power and the importance that that your government gave me as a left wing, you know, militant. My left wing governments would have never given me such such a high profile um, than you guys did." And I said, "Look, because it's all about results. It's all about performance. Okay, you can." be right or left on paper, if you don't have any results, if people don't feel that you're get, getting to them and that your policies are making sense to them, it doesn't matter at the end because you're going to fail. And the objective here is to succeed. And succeeding not for yourself, okay, but succeeding for people to appreciate what, we, what you've done and people to feel that like you made a difference in their lives and inspire the people. So that's what it's all about. Um, and, you know, if you talk, if you come to, to, to the to Haiti, you go to the popular neighborhoods, you go to the rural areas, and you talk about my government, they will not tell you it's right, left, totomakut, or whatever. They will tell you, look, these guys, they were here, they tried to do something, they tried to make a difference on our everyday lives. And, you know, that's, that's what we can, that's, what, that's the only thing we can do, is working every day, working very hard, not sleeping many nights. You know, I spent, uh, you know, 31 months on the job, and I, I slept in a, an average of three hours a night. And actually, when I left the job, 
That's one of the things I did. I slept for like one month <laughs> in order to catch up. So it's to tell you that um, it's all about effective governance. Michel Martelly, um, you know, many people give him many, I mean, many uh, etiquettes, many, you know, they put many tags on him. Of course, I'll let him, you know, come on, on your show, the 1804, and talk to Daniel and you and, and address some of those issues because I wouldn't <laughs> want to, to, to steal this from <laughs> I don't think you would want to do that, uh, Laura, but that's another okay. subject. Um, that, <laughs> I don't think you would want to. Well, well you, you might be surprised. You, you never know. Lola, if you want to actually <laughs> encourage him to come, by all means, because uh, I, I'm sure the Haitian diaspora would love to be able to hear from him yeah. directly. But uh, he would be having a very candid con I mean, we, I mean, yes. we're happy to do these things, but we, we ask real questions here. You know, I mean, it's, first of all, it's totally decentralized. People call and ask whatever they want. So, you know, they have to be, people who come on have to be ready to, you know, to answer questions. You know, we're not going to sugarcoat anything. Yeah. So, well, that's so the, you know, the important thing, the important thing is, is the format and the community engagement that you're bringing into a very important issue, which is financial right. inclusion through cryptocurrencies right. uh, and, and what cryptocurrencies can do to help people, lift people out of poverty and include them into the financial system that will help them with a job, with a small micro enterprise, with being able to, you know, to have access, you know, basically to, to, to markets in the world by logging on and having access to a cryptocurrency. You have the, the issue of adoption, you have the issue of education, you have the issue of knowledge, you have the issue of trust, you have the issue, but you don't have the issue of technology because they already have the phone. You need to have a smartphone. Um, you have the issue of, of uh, you know, the, the general uh, lack of trust from, you know, from, in, from somebody that doesn't know what they're getting involved in. So all this will happen very quickly once the ecosystem once you know you have more vendors and shops accepting it, you know in Haiti, um, and it will have a, a globally positive impact on the Haitian economy. Um, so that's that's my take, if you want, around around the Bitcoin uh, and cryptocurrency environment. So what can we expect from you as a as a as a citizen, as a political actor, uh, maybe? Uh, in the future, I know that you're very involved with your foundation with in in in, in Nampoyol, and you're you're kind of using Nampoyol as some sort of a, I don't know, it looks like it's like a pilot, um, and it's, it's kind of like you've adopted that community. This is what the academics. I'm telling again, the Haitian academics are very much in your camp, <laughs> many of them, um, and they're telling me that you're doing all the all this stuff in Nampoyol. Um, what is the vision? Uh, of what you're doing in Nampoyol for the future, and uh, what is generally your vision for for your relationship to Haiti for the future? Well, the the the, the Nampoyol is again it's a breakthrough in terms of of uh, of uh, it's using again it's using what the concept of smart villages in order to project what can happen in other in other so it's like a model village for the rest of the country. The rural farmers are usually abandoned and ignored by the mainstream society. Um, but people don't realize that they are feeding us. They're the breadbasket of, of Haiti. 60% um, of jobs come from agriculture. Um, but people, people forget that behind the agriculture, there is the farmer. 
there is the the the, the person that 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 connects all the dots, and he needs he has needs. He needs to be educated. His children needs to be need to go to school, and they have access. They need to have access to to electricity. They need to have access to to better living conditions. And how does the concept of the smart village does that? Is that what we're doing in Napoleon and in Anzuclair is two things: is to take care of the basic needs. So, for example, access roads to the villages, uh, access through agricultural paths that that where where you can have a motorcycle or car or whatever get to them in order in order to give them access not only to markets but to to connect them to the world, right? Um, in Nampanyol, it took you two hours and 45 minutes walk to get to, to in a narrow path. Today, you have uh, close to a, 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 a four-meter road, you know, and cars can go by, motorcycles can go by, um, you know, to take products to and from Nampanyol. Then the second concept is, is access to off-grid communities with, with solar-powered um, system, so solar-powered lamps, solar-powered school, etc is to have a smart classroom. So we have to build a school from scratch and we're doing a smart classroom for people to have, for the kids to have access to iPads and things like that and, have, and to be connected to the internet. In order for that to happen in the smart village initiative, you, have, you need to have access to broadband. So 3G access. So we're working now with uh, the phone companies to give access, to, give, to, to add a, uh, a 3G tower to, to have faster access internet in that village so the kids can enjoy the access to um, to the internet. And I'll give you an, an analogy. Today, if somebody has a connection to the internet, okay, having access to, uh, to Google, of course, knowing how to read and write, well, that person will have more access to information than the president of the United States did 25 years ago, right? So it's to show you the power of technology and how technology can change knowledge of people and knowledge of things. Um, so. So the concept is is to have, you know, electricity, to have schooling for education, to have technology in the school, and bring up a new generation of farmers uh, from that community. Nothing would work without access, without jobs. So what we've done, we took the farmers, what they're producing. So they're producing potatoes, uh, green peppers, lettuce, tomato up there, um, watercress, and we are work. We are helping them find markets in order to to guarantee their production. So, the results are: they used to make about uh, 500 US dollars per week for the whole village. Um, today, they are making 2,500. So they've increased it fivefold because we connected them to Georgia restaurant, to mark, to giant supermarket. The hotels in Port-au-Prince. So, so now we're going to the next phase, which is we're developing a brand for them in order to, uh, to make it sustainable. So there's going to be a coffee brand and, and, and fresh vegetables brands coming from there. And this, the goal is to fight poverty, of course. And the goal is to have a model showing like, look, this is the way that it should be. That it's not a model that I invented, but it's an Indian and a Rwandan model that and we've adapted to Haiti. And as declared, the same concept, but with fishermen instead of farmers. Wow. Um, I wanna, I wanna add um, something to that. Maybe this is something because we've gone way over the time, and what that tells me is that there's a need for more dialogues like this, uh, which is awesome. And I think it might 
be helpful, Longa, if you can if you can come back to talk about the because I know you're very much involved and also um, the entrepreneurial sector in Haiti in terms of the business ecosystem. And there's a lot of opportunities. I just came back from Haiti um, a month and a half ago. And I've witnessed this, even though the country, it, the infrastructure is destroyed, but I really think if we focus on the business, uh, and I'm not just talking about the five families, I'm talking about supporting the average Haitians uh, who have the ideas and who are already doing the work, the small businesses, if we can sort of like focus on them and give them, uh, whether it's the mentoring and the support that they need, I think we can get Haiti out of the rut a lot quicker than, to be honest, than politics, because that's one of the ways that Rwanda actually became Rwanda. Rwanda did not become Rwanda because Rwanda was waiting for a government to get its act together. Rwanda actually, part of the strategy was to use uh, business development, like startups and small businesses, to actually get the country out of the rut. And right now, if, you, if you're in the US, you go to Starbucks, you know, you see, you know, the Rwanda coffee, you see, you go to Casco, you see, and I think for me, at least, that's what I care about because that's what historically has really helped countries to come out, to, you know, get out of poverty. Uh, the politics, yes, you need that too, but I don't think that's really the most important thing. Um, I do want to share one last piece of thought, and then Alice, if you can, if you, I don't know if you want to close, if you have any other comments, is that what I'm hoping today, what I hope uh, happens today is that the, you know, the Haitians and the people who are listening, even if you're not Haitian, um, what I'm hoping that you can walk away from is that how can I take this conversation to another level? Because now the dialogue is open and the discussion is, is, is documented, it's online. It's now Haiti is known as a country that's associated with Bitcoin, right? Or crypto, uh, the cryptocurrency sector. What can you do personally to push that message forward? I, I know somebody has already said that they want uh, to have like, a developer um, you know, in Haiti to talk about Bitcoin. I think that's, I think that's another way that we can do that. Uh, but I would hope that five years from now or 10 years from now or 15 years from now, when Bitcoin has become, or the cryptocurrency sector has become like the internet, that Haitians are not regretting this conversation. That man, I wish we had paid pay attention when this conversation happened. Because right now we have the opportunity to really become an early adopter. And that window is closing very, is closing very quickly because Bitcoin has already been around since 2009. So in a few years, it would be, uh, it would literally be 10 years. So already Haiti is a bit behind, right? So I think the goal is what can I do to learn? Because I'm trying to educate myself on Bitcoin as well to see what can I do? How can I leverage it in order for me to help the people of Haiti? I'm not interested so much about what, you know, you know, the rich are doing because they're going to continue to be who they are. But I don't think that needs to be a focus. I think if a focus is what can we do to elevate the masses, right? There's a Chinese proverb that goes like, if you want to invest long term in a country, you need to invest in its people. 
And the more we realize that we need to shift, everything we do has to be, what can we do to support the people, the masses, it's the eight to nine million people. That is what this conversation is all about. It's really not about anything else, but how can we use technology and of course agriculture to really push that conversation forward. Yeah, that, uh, look, me, I believe that the next step in, in, in Haiti should be to assert, uh, you know, we could organize like sort of a meetup, workshop, conferences on that, because that's what happens all over the world. Um, and then engage, engage, the, engage the, the support for, for the technology. I can tell you that in, in economies that are fluctuating a lot, cryptocurrencies are you know, much needed. Um, but, you know, I think, I think you have to, you know, knowing the Haitian mentality, you have to go slow. Okay. But once, once you, I mean, once people understand the benefit, it's going to go very fast. And, then, and like you said, we shouldn't miss the boat on this. Um, but on that, ladies, I'd like to thank you for giving me the opportunity and the platform to talk to the Haitian community. I, I do it all the time. I talk to in many uh, academic circles. I've spoken in, in MIT, I've spoken in Harvard, I've spoken in, in uh, I've spoken in, uh, in uh, Sciences Po in Paris, I've spoken in many, in many uh, uh, universities, I've spoken, you know, in many forums about, you know, leadership, financial uh, inclusion, um, so now what I want to do is, is to keep the conversation going with you, okay? Maybe we set up something in, in, in three to four months and see, and see where we are and, and, uh, and, and get feedback from people also um, as to how can we, 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 uh, we're a voice, I would say, for technology for good, technology for good. Instead of, you know, instead of labeling, I mean, giving it a label, Bitcoin and things like that, technology for good. Good meaning, helping Haiti, helping, I mean, helping people getting into uh, the financial services sector, having, it, having an account, being able to, uh, to receive their payments at lower fees, being able to, to open micro enterprises, uh, you know. So, so it's, it's a whole lot of things that are happening. And the good thing is that it's the technology that's developing and, uh, and that's very flexible and open. Um, so that's, so, so, so that's, uh, that's important. Yeah, um, so there's one again, very specific question that, yes. There's one very specific yeah. question that was asked that I just saw, and I just want to ask it really quickly, if you can address it really quickly before you go. Our money transfer, this was from Pukiwa, are money transfer companies lobbying against Bitcoin and, and, and the cryptocurrencies, uh, and what are concerns with money laundering? Well, listen, the thing is, um, one aspect is uh, people are going to try to defraud the system anyhow. So you put in systems in place in order for that not to happen. So... Um, it's the same, you, you know, you're going to have many strong, big companies lobbying against this. Um, but at the end, at the end, everybody will understand that, look, if you have, if you have 
we're more if you have people that have access to financial services you have people you, you have a majority that's benefiting from it the minority will not be able to block the movement okay so the minority whether it's a you know regardless of where they come from so that's why the adoption the sensibilization is is important but you have many you have many detractors you have many people against it um you have people that are you know that have that spend a lot to lose in this so of course they're not gonna want to just you know sit idle and and, and and let it happen but those are issues that you deal with and the money laundering issue is is, is something that you deal with as well um the systems you know, you know, uh, a lot of these systems, they're they're very transparent in terms of retracing the transactions as to where where they're coming from, depending on the on the platform that you're talking about. You you have a lot of cases of money laundering also, but then those cases, you know, they are you know they are dealt with by the by, by the relevant authorities. Um, and again, it's a it's a it's a it's a work. It's something that's you know, it's a work in progress, I should say. And, but the idea is to have financial services for all, access to financial services for all, lowering fees for the, I mean, for the people that have, that don't have anything, increasing their access to, 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 to payments and markets by having a technology that makes it easy for that to happen. That's, that's how my vision is of the cryptocurrency. Ladies, I have to really go now because I'm late 30 minutes on my next meeting. Um, oh, thank so you so much for being on the show, Laurent. We appreciate, I appreciate it. Um, so hopefully we can keep the conversation going and then see how technology can help push Haiti forward. And not just Haiti. Yeah, and, and also uh, take you up on your offer to do this again in, in, in maybe three, four months, and I'm sure Daniela will uh, follow up on that. Thank you uh, indeed for your time. And um, the show is going to be uh, archived at uh, kisscassidy.com uh, as soon as we, we've hung up today. So uh, it will be there. You can share it. And, I, you know, uh, in my Haitian bloggers, um, uh, adventure. Uh, a lot of things come on my feed that I don't necessarily write myself. So somehow I, I have been blocked by your Twitter account uh, at Laura Mutt. So if maybe if you can unblock me, we can keep the conversation going. Well, I have to tell you, I have, have <laughs> people uh, on the account. So. I'm, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, uh, no offense taken, but uh, that 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 may help the uh, the communication going forward. What's, but, but what's your, what's your address? At, at Kiskeacity, at Kiskeacity, K-I-S-K-E-A-C-I-T-Y. One second, at let yeah. You can also just search me as Alice Backer. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much, well, Yes, thank you. <laughs> that's a, that's thank a, that's you. a good, happy ending. <laughs> as it should be. As it should be. All right. This is great. Um, so we're going to take a, a, a short musical break now, guys. And then uh, when I come back, we'll do some announcements. Um, and again, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, this was, uh, we were joined today by uh, former Prime Minister Laurent Amot. And uh, we, we discussed Bitcoin. 
and you know all sorts of issues having to do of course bitcoin and technology comes in context politics is part of context so we went there too so um just a short musical break and on the other side i'll tell you some events that are coming up that we may want to support uh in the community namely um a fundraiser being done by uh from uh, by um uh uh Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees uh, this weekend, as well as a forum being organized on immigration issues and specifically Amnesty for All um, by our friends at Promocuda. So um, just, uh, just a little music and we'll be right back. Papa wall pamwe, pawol en vivon ma papa wall pamwe, bangboleta pil fat rafin tune adres, la santé pa bou pep se yon privilege, ma ingwe en batant kap fe la go, tout pi bon l'hôpital papon sant chocho, eh 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 Parole éducation, papa wall pas moi. Parole éducation, papa wall pas moi. Moi puis l'étudiant qui sent direction. Même l'elle finit l'école, m'a dit pour qui raison. Que ça qui tes amis, ça qui tes familles. Pour d'intelligence, l'entrepédie. Papa wall pas moins, parole politique pas parole pas moins. Moi ou de gounaier fin tout n'en désert. Depuis on est noyé au chimé. Dans mon yo grillé tant coup dans l'issifé. Rat la bagaka mais un caca sous trois feuilles. Je papa wall pa moi, Paul ministre papa wall pa moi, Ti Marie à Josette calé des vet, 10 billions de dollars pa pour avadra, sous bien gros bouda ou a goûté dollars, tant yon l'a 10 ans pour reconstruction, That was Paul Bourbon, Paul Papoumoué. The announcements I wanted to make, number one, um, Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees is organizing uh, 
an, uh, a fundraiser this Sunday uh, from five to eight. It's uh, it's Mama's Nightingale: A Story of Immigration and Separation. It's an intimate reading with Edwidge Dantica. And um, the reading takes place this Sunday uh, from 5 to 8 p.m. at uh, the Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees offices at 208 Parkside Avenue, uh, second floor in Brooklyn. The event is a benefit for Haitian women for Haitian refugees and seating is limited. They strongly encourage you to RSVP soon to secure your ticket. Advanced ticket purchase is required. Individual ticket price is $100. To RSVP and for further information, um, please visit their website, uh, Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees. And um, I, I believe the website is um, well. Okay, so yeah, so please just Google Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees um, to purchase your tickets. It's also on Eventbrite. I will actually uh, post the link. Um, the other thing is the we've had um, uh, uh, Daoud uh, a few times on the show, and uh, he Komukoda is organizing uh, a forum mobilization for amnesty for all, and that again is happening Sunday from four to seven. Uh, so you have to choose wisely. Those two events that I just meant that I'm mentioning are happening basically at the same time. It's a Haitian Community Immigration Forum with Jane Guskin and David L. Wilson, the authors of the, new pu the newly published second edition of The Politics of Immigration. Um, they will be answering the questions, why do people migrate? Who are the immigrants? The history of immigration to the US. Why are people illegal aliens, quote unquote? Why are some Im immigrants pers persecuted in the land of immigrants? Why not open borders? Uh, fighting the immigration fight under Trump question and answer with the authors. Uh, that's gonna be Sunday, October 8th, from four to 7 p.m. Uh, at PS 399, Stanley Eugene Clark Elementary School at 2707 Albemarle Road, corner of Rogers and Albemarle Road in Brooklyn, New York, 11226. So that is that. Um, Daniela, let me just, and of course I will be posting these things on our social media as well. Uh, Daniela, let me let you close. Oh, okay. So it looks like Daniela has dropped. Okay. So that was that was our close, guys. Uh, see you next week. I'm I'm kind of liking this uh, 9 a.m. on Saturday format because Friday nights are, are, are getting harder and harder for me. So we may just uh, I'm not sure yet. Please stay tuned to the social networks to see if maybe uh, starting next week we'll just start doing this at 9 a.m. on Saturday instead. But anyway, regardless, you know for a fact that we'll see you next week. Next week we're going to be speaking to uh, Patrick Davis who's a Haitian-American running for office in Harlem. I believe he's running for city council seat. And we're also going to be talking to some of the ladies who represented AfroCrowd, the organization I founded uh, in Montreal um, at, the, at, at the last Wikimania conference. And this is having to do with uh, you know, bringing Wikipedia to more people of African descent. So thanks again. This was an amazing show, an amazing um, representation you guys you guys definitely represented uh and uh see you next week
Parole en vivonnement, papa, parole pas moins. Parole en vivonnement, papa, parole pas moins. Bang bolet à pile fat, raffine tourné adresse. La santé pas bou peuple, c'est un privilège. Ma ingoué en battant, cap fait la go. Tout petit bon l'hôpital, papa, on sent chocho. Parole éducation, papa, wall, pas moins. Parole éducation, papa, wall, pas moins. Moi, puis l'étudiant qui sent direction. Même l'elle finit l'école, m'a dit pour qui raison. Que ça quitte tes amis, ça quitte tes familles. Pour d'intelligence, l'entroupédie. Pas parole, pas moins. Parole politique, pas parole, pas moins. Moi, vous gonaillez, fin tout n'est désert. Depuis, on est noyé, on relève le chimé. Dans mon yo grillé, tant coup dans l'issifé. La clapa caca, mais un caca sous trois feuilles. Il faut que ça change. NG papa wall pa moins parole ministre papa wall pa moins si Marie à Josette Calédé Jivet 10 billion dollars pa pour avadra sous bien gobouda wa goûter dollars tanion lo 10 ans pour reconstruction Oh, oh, oh.